This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. You're listening to a very saucy episode of the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 250, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service and iFanboy listeners just like all of you. That wasn't that saucy. Podcast. I cannot believe it. It's episode 250. <laughs> For those playing at home, that's the sound of champagne being popped. <laughs> How long has that been planned? <laughs> I didn't like it. Like it. Like it. Like 2:15. Connor was like, I got an idea. I didn't know that was coming. Thank God I was quiet. Uh, my name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, everyone, and Ron and Josh and Josh Flanagan. Hello, people of Earth. And we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is all about comic books. And we've been doing this podcast 250 times since 2005 uh, because we read comics. Just, we're just sitting here doing it. We read comics and we need to talk about them a lot. And <laughs> so what happens is that normally uh, we read a whole bunch of books that come out. One of us picks the one that we deem is the pick of the week, the one we enjoyed the most. We write a review of it on fanboy.com. We come here, talk about that book, as well as the other comics that came out and any other comic culture things. But we're not doing that this week. No. no. We're going to talk about Connor's pick of the week, and then we're going to be answering a bazillion emails from all of you, the iFan base, um, to celebrate our, our – what do we call this? Our 50th episodes? We did this with 150, and here we, we are. We did it with 25. We did it with 25, yeah. I mean, that we, was like a big deal that we got to 25. Yeah, because we're, like, I, we're like, yeah, we'll stop at 70. <laughs> if, I, if I knew Latin, I could tell you what this is. Yeah, the, I could. The, yeah. the, the blank, blank centennial. Centennial. But so um, – so Someone, some nerd's gonna write in. So we're answering a lot of emails. So we're gonna be answering your questions. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, before we get to the show, two things to tell you: we're gonna talk about what happened in the comic book 
so we're going to spoil it. So if you didn't read this comic book, you might want to press pause, come back, listen later. And um, and we're and at least Connor and I are drinking. Um, <laughs> Connor, are you drinking champagne or? I'm having champagne. I've got two yeah. bottles ready to go. I have I have mixed uh, I have mixed a seven and seven, and I have a can of PBR just to back up when I finish the cocktail. Nice, so, Josh. What do you have to? I have a glass of water. All right, right that's now. okay. That, that works. Hey man, as long as it keeps it's important the whistle to hydrate. Wet, it's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. important to hydrate. Indeed, it's so, important. Otherwise, you'll get the flu. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how it works, but that's what I read on the .gov website. In a bitter, in a bitter twist of irony, this 50th marathon, 250th marathon, these 50th episodes always seem to happen over Labor Day weekend when it's hot as hell, no matter where we are in the country. So um, bear with us. We're hot. We're a little. little... We, t- we had a little heat off ahead of time. I was yeah. like, we're like, it's hot here and off. <laughs> it's even hot in like, San Francisco. It's, I wore shorts to work. It was insane. Um, Shut up. We won that argument. So we're hot. We're a little loaded. Connor, tell us about Avengers Children's Crusade number two. Well, it's funny because when I first saw the list of books for this week, I thought, oh, it's going to be a really light week. It's going to be nothing's coming out. Oh, it was it's a great be, week. It was exciting. And then I actually made my pull list on iFanboy.com on Monday, as usually everyone should. I finished my pulls and I saw I had 20 books, which I can't apparently get away from. I have 20 books every week now, for no matter what the it, week is. It was such a good week, it caused a fight in the iFanboy offices over only talking about one book on this show. Yes. Actually, <laughs> it, was, it ended up being a really good week. There was a lot of quality books. There was a lot of books. You know, there weren't any, like, big-name books or a lot of big-name books. You know, there weren't your, your, your big Batman or your Scalped or your... Uh, you know your your main Avengers titles, the, the books that you Scalped. expect to be up there. Scalped is only a big book in a, in a relative circumstance. Oh, no, we're talking about our show. We're talking about okay. big names in terms yes. of books books we look forward to. Um, but I had I gave out a lot of fives. A lot of books were really good. There was the, a lot uh, of fives. But 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 the book I enjoyed the most was Avengers Children's Crusade number two, which is the second of a nine issue mi- bi monthly miniseries from Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung, and it was just the book I had the most fun with, and I think it's. We you know we talk all the time about classic Marvel feel and, and how a lot of books these days seem to have that and if your cosmic books or your Avengers books but Josh originally he sold me on Young Avengers after Ron sold him on Young Avengers by saying it felt really like those old Avengers books we used to read. I, as I don't know if Ron sold me on New Aven- Young Avengers as much you. as he yeah he browbeat me into no, it. No, I shoved I it down like, your throat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, fine, just go away. <laughs> I was but right. I was right. But it was your talking about on that video show we did that really got me. I actually bought it that day. You should I all love- go back and watch that episode, and you'll see Connor go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, so I've so I just been loving this miniseries. It's, it's that unique blend of things that were very classically Marvel. There was, there's big name, big time villains. There's humor. There's relationships. There's young heroes. There's action. There's there's globe trotting adventure. It's 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 this amalgam of different elements. It really works together, uh, and I think Alan Heinberg has a really good handle on these characters. He should because really no one else is allowed to write them. There's only been a handful of other books where they've really appeared in any kind of way that's significant. Where the people have written them. Jim McCann and, wrote them very well in I Am an Avenger this week, by the way. Jim McCann wrote them. Yeah. Paul Cornell wrote a bunch of Brubaker. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who've written one shots, but no one's really gotten to really have an extend, extended periods of time. And I really like these characters. They're really fun characters. And when, when Ham- Heinberg writes them, I almost said Hamburg. <laughs> not, not what I was thinking of. Um, they're really fun. I, I thought they're funny together. They really feel like friends. They, they, bust, they bust on each other like friends would. They have relationships in, in, internally. It's, it feels like one of those classic young teen books that you don't really get. You know, these, you know, all the characters are pretty much have aged that we followed, you know, that used to be young. They're all, they're all older now. So you don't really get these young characters as much as you used to. Also... I really loved in the first issue the use of Magneto. 
uh, when he showed up at the end of the first issue as the villain, or these, at least he showed up, because you don't often get Magneto in an Avengers book. Yep. You normally, the X-Men are segmented off in their own little bubble, as most of the Marvel world seems to be Fantastic Four in their own bubble, Avengers are in their own bubble. You used uh, to, though. Magneto used to be in Avengers all the time. Yes, back in the which, is, which yeah. is part of the yeah. classic feel of it. He shows up yeah. at the end, and, and awesome. So in this issue, Magneto, um, he's showed up to grab Wiccan, and Speed, who he believes to be his grandchildren, the, the sons of Scarlet Witch, he wants to find Scarlet Witch, so he wants them to help. And, of course, the Avengers don't like this because they're already suspicious of Wiccan because they think Wiccan might be as powerful as Scarlet Witch, and she, of course, caused the House of M debacle. And um, so Magneto wants to take them to Transia to go find Scarlet Witch, and the Avengers don't like that. And, but Transia he does. sounds a lot dirtier than it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes them to Transia, and they have, you know, there's, there's adventures there, but then the last page is Doom. And how do you raise the stakes on Magneto? The only way you can do that is with Doom. Oh, and so yeah. for me, it's like, it's just one fantastic Marvel button pushing after another. And I turn the page and you see Doom holding Scarlet Witch hostage. And you're just like, yes! I was so excited for Doom. I, I just, you know, I love Doom. So <laughs> You do love Doom. It's, um, it's... <laughs> he it's does. Every, he does. always has. <laughs> we don't send those emails anymore. <laughs> Used to be a lot of Doom emails. Yeah, so are, says yeah. Doom. So... <laughs> Um, plus the fact that you've got Jim Chung, who is just you know it, it's ridiculous. like after Young Avengers came out, um, he he kind of went away for a little bit. Did you notice that? Like he would do covers here and there. He yeah, did the cover he Secret Warriors and like here and there. And now he's apparently he's working on this, but he also did a lot of the collateral for like that Marvel history book. He did a lot of like Marvel branding collateral. And if I was thirteen, getting into comics right now, Jim Chung would 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 give me the image of what Marvel Comics is the same way Jim Lee did for me 20 years ago. Yep. Well, there's probably there's a relation there, I believe. Not, like, their work is... No, their work oh, is... I was, like, no, I was like, oh, that's all. No, no. No, that's not what I mean. No, I mean, <laughs> like, I think there's... I was, I'm, I'm looking through the art as I yeah. went through it, and I was like, there's a lot of Jim Lee in this. It's smoother... It's rounded out and it's modernized, but yeah. I, I. But no, but he's Jim. he's great for a line defining like his the way he draws all those characters like his Magneto is awesome is so yes. good yeah so anyway go on plus plus his art is lush I mean, all Asian every- people are not related that's not <laughs> well, are they meant. good at math I actually or- I thought for a little while that Roddy. he had gone away to do a book with Neil Young <laughs> oh that's Chung Chang uh, 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 oh that's awful. if you look at his pages he doesn't skimp. The, pa- the panels are packed full of backgrounds, and the only time there are no backgrounds is when it's dramatically appropriate for the story, when, yeah. when they want you to focus on the, sto- the, the foreground images. But he, you, know, you, don't, you don't skimp on a Jim Chung book. There's, these he's just panels, good. He's so good. Yeah, he's, you're, you're right, though. I mean, like he's, he's got this classic feel to his art that it, it seems he, he has these very distinct faces. Everyone ha- he has these sort of shape to his faces. But everyone, it's, it seems sort of right the same way that I think Ron Garney feels right in drawing Marvel characters. I yep. think Jim Chunk feels right drawing Marvel characters in the same way. Um, so you take the art together, you take the characters together, you take the entire feel of the story, and and it was just the most fun I had. I mean, when, when I got to the last page and turned it and saw, saw they'd up the ante from Magneto to Doom, and you know, in, in the same way that I think Josh said in the show, the video show, that he really liked the Young Avengers once Kang showed up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Heinberg has that classic feel of bring in the big guns. Yeah. And have the have the big guns be the villains, because because that's the most fun. Those are the most fun villains. The most fun villains are Magneto and Doctor Doom and Kang in the Marvel universe. Yep. And because he does a story once a decade, it's not like he's overdoing it. 
Right, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's self-contained. I mean, this book is basically existing on its own plane. It's not really crossing over. It doesn't really exist. It doesn't fit amongst the other Avengers books, and that's fine because it comes out bi- bi-monthly, and it's sort of on its own, and you don't have to worry about it. So that, in that sense, you can play with all these big names because it doesn't really affect anything else. Yeah. Um, and I like, I like these old... I like Quicksilver. I like... Uh, you know, I, he's a he's a fun curmudgeonly character, and I, he's, 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 it's a nice mix of characters that I enjoy. As we are only doing one book, I feel I do need to offer some counter argument. Ooh. Uh, I, first of all, your your review is all about how much I love the first one, and I was at the end of this, I was like, that's oh, okay. I was I, for me, this was like a three and a half book. Like I liked a lot of the things, and it won me over a little by the end, but um, I, I thought the end rushed up really, really fast. Like. I felt like they needed more pages to get to Doom. Like nobody, why would anybody know that yeah. she was with Doom? Like I feel like it would have been fu- it would have been fun to drag that out a little bit. And this feels like one of those stories where they they should have put some more pages in. I, I, re- I really felt Doom like because they found the Doom bot Scarlet Witch. I know, but I feel like it could have been played out better. The 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 book ended really fast. The whole thing was this. Um, there was a whole conflict going on between Pietro and Magneto and the two kids. And and like that was really interesting to me. And then now that's over because now it's doomed. It'll be played out as they go. But I felt like they could have gone with that longer. And then the the one other thing was I had a real I had a storytelling issue on the page with the Wanda Doombot because I was like, wait, where was where'd she come from? Where was she standing there the whole time? Like I had to I flipped back through the pages to see if I'd missed something. And so then also he throws the wood and and she is standing to the right of and in front of Magneto. Patriot pushes him out of the way, and she gets hit by something like off. It's just like the placement jo- was. Weird. Josh, you're looking too closely. No, don't don't, don't, I, qu- don't question it. You have to. <laughs> uh, that being said, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating, maybe you guys can answer this question, is that did we not know that that I mean, how long ago did people know that those that Wiccan and Speed had the same names as Wanda's kids? The second second the second arc of the first series. Okay, yeah. I, I'd kind of forgotten about it, and I think that is friggin' brilliant. Yeah, totally. I love that, that they brought those two, and like it never occurred to me as I was reading it the first time, and I was like, oh, they're kind of like that, but but like the names and everything—that's really neat. Yeah. That was really well done. Yeah, those are my. That's the. I loved it. Free, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was my pick of the week. I haven't decided if it's my pick of the week. Green was kind of a dick. Well, yeah, yeah, he was. That's yeah. his job is to be the dick in the yeah. story. I think I, if I remember back to House of M, he was very upset. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He oh was, yeah. He was. Yeah, he, 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 he takes his stuff to heart. Yeah. No. It was great. I, I just love Chunk. Chunk can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. And I think Heinberg's got a really good feel on how to write a comic. It's, it's not over. It's not overly wordy like you get most. Uh, yeah. Like you get most people coming in from TV or whatever. Hollywood types. Yeah. TV is not so bad. It's the novel people who. Yeah. Most of the, most of those cigar chomping, suspender flapping dudes from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Or is that 1957? Is is Hollywood? <laughs> is that the Warner Brothers? Tell uh, Falberg. Yeah. Tell Falberg. Jack Jack Warner won't take it. <laughs> it's gonna be a Bafo Sacco hit, Lenny. Bafo. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Fuck, but it's, no, it's already hot in here. I had to turn the air conditioning off. Ugh. I can't argue. I can't argue praising this book though, because I love this book. Yep. I'm so happy it's yep. back. So I was surprised. I was surprised, and I and I, I mean that before I read it, like I was like, huh, really? Because there was. Five star came, books of plenty. Yeah, it came down to Jonah Hex, Avengers, Children's Crusade, and Superman, last family of Krypton. And, uh, We're not talking about them. What would you, no. what would you have been Ron? I'm sorry. What would you pick? What was the best book you've read this week? I don't. I don't know. I said it earlier. I said I don't know what. That, I, 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 I'm not. I have. I haven't made a pick yet. Make I a think. snap judgment right snap now. Judgment. Fuck! I gotta pull up my list. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. Oh, that's awful. 
I don't have a gun in Josh, my head. Josh, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> that's that's the first time that Deer Hunter has ever shown up on our show. Oh, it so, is. Yeah, it is. Bow, bow, bow. Silver Agent number two. Silver Agent yeah, number two. Yeah, Silver Agent number two was, was good. Was good. That's also a five star book. You know what? I'll tell you what. If the backup of Wolverine was the whole issue, that would have been my pick. I, Wolverine was real good. Wolverine was real good, but that backup, that Silver Samurai backup with Jason Latour was... The art in that was gorgeous. I wish he had drawn the main story. Oh, my God. Jason Latour, and he had a story in I Am an Avenger, too, that was awesome as well. Um, yeah, it was re- it was, it was was really, really good. I don't know. Buffy was good. Brightest Day was good. Astro City was good. It was a tough week. I can't decide. I didn't, I didn't like Buffy, but I like the rest of those. Oh, I like Buffy. I'm, I'm loving it. All right, we're well, not talking about this stuff. Yeah, I thought we were, get, yeah you yelled right, at me. Before we get to the emails, let's get some business out of the way. Let's talk about the stuff we usually talk about at the end of the show. Yes. Before we get to the emails, because who knows what will happen there. Um, this is September. September and October are giveaway months. Again, at iFanboy, we had a giveaway month last month. You probably saw or heard or saw on iFanboy.com. A bunch of prizes, a big Vertigo prize pack, a signed comic, some, a bunch of other things that I can't remember they were giving away in the early of the month. Um, but all through September and October, we're going to be giving away stuff on every show after this one for the next eight shows. So you go to iFanboy.com, there'll be a post at the top in red that'll show you the prizes. And the only way you can win those prizes is if you're an iFanboy member. And there'll be more information on that later in the show. It's going to be awesome. Lots of things to give away. I've got, I've got an eight-foot stack of books on my kitchen table. And we've got some really, really special stuff, too. So you're, gonna wanna, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to want to make sure you are a member so you do not miss out. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we also do other podcasts. Who knew? We do a uh, podcast that comes out ostensibly some- every every Monday called Sometimes I- We Don't Know. Yes, <laughs> called iFanboy Don't Miss. Um, it was uh, it's the podcast where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out this coming week. Um, we skipped last week because with Baltimore and with Fan Expo going on, it was difficult to get a creator on the phone. But this week coming up for you on uh, actually not going to be on Monday. It's going to be on Tuesday because Labor Day weekend. On Tuesday, we've got Mark Wade talking about Amazing Spider-Man number six forty-two, the first uh, the first issue of a new arc there, and it's a, and I'll be honest with you, I've already we've already recorded it. It's a great conversation. It's really it's re- if you want insight into how Mark Wade writes Spider-Man, you're going to want to listen to this podcast. So Mark go Wade subscribe. Maybe to- the best podcast guest there is. He's really good. He's really good. What has Mark Wade been up to? I've never heard anything about him lately. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear something about him every month or so. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so go subscribe to iFanboy. Don't miss. Don't miss it. Oh, look at that. Let's see what I did there. Don't miss it. Josh, we got video shows. Yeah, we do. I don't have it written down in front of me, so... I do. One, We've got... Last week was Warren Ellis in, two th- in the year 2000. Right? right. That was good. Yeah, and this oh, week... Oh, here it is. I went down. Yeah. And then this week coming up, uh, we're looking at the, the giants of indie. It's sort of a vault show. We're just looking at, at three of major creators, and we picked out a work of theirs in the, in the indie field. Uh, stuff that... It's almost a crime we haven't talked about, but now yes. we will have. So uh, stay tuned for that on Wednesday. Indeed. So um, yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, get that at ifanboy.com. We we'll post the video show. It's awesomeness. So all right, so that's all. That's the business. Business out of the way. All right, so now to the emails. Now we've been soliciting emails for a while. If you went back in the feed list, to episode one fifty, or, or way back to episode twenty five, you know we do occasionally these all email shows. We were overwhelmed with the response. I think in the was last it more show, than, was it more than last time? In the last show, we did thirty emails. Um, the audience is much bigger since I think we've doubled in audience size since since 150, and so we were overwhelmed. We've got almost 100 emails here. These aren't even all the ones we received. I had to cut a bunch. Um, I'm sorry if you just showed it, if you just didn't make it. We'll still write back to you. And we also had to cut for time on a few of them. Also, if you send in multiple emails, usually we just picked one or two of your emails to edit, and put them together and to answer. Some people send in like 10, which we appreciate, but we can't answer all 10. Yeah, gotta, gotta spread it around the love to everybody. So. 
Do we do we do we do this round robin style? Yeah, yeah sure. I think we do. So I'll I'll start it off, and then we'll go me, Connor, sure. Josh, me, Connor, Josh. Uh, All right. Okay. Or, yes, or, Connor, do you have another? Did you have another order? In no, I had nothing in mind. Okay. Let's just. Go All right. It. So our first email comes from number one, leading us off, Gene from London, and that's in, it's in the UK, folks. Um, Gene says, I know there are some comics that you guys only read and trade and miss out reading individual issues. What are the best ongoing titles that none of you read in monthly issue format and therefore never slash rarely talked about on the podcast? That's an easy question. For me, at least. Yes, I have a bunch. Well, for me, it's The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, uh, Lock and Key, which I love and I only read and trade. I just got the third third volume this week. Um, DMZ. Uh, Invincible. I, I have a lot of books that I read. I, don't, I, I tend to only read the Marvel DC stuff in issues and read everything else in trade if I can. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's a lot. Here's the thing is that I always say I'm going to switch to trade and then I stop buying them. <laughs> it's like this terrible habit. I, if I, like, or, 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 if, or either that or I switch back to issues. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like DMZ. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what I read in trade. Like Dynamo 5, I read that in trade. Uh, stuff like that. For me, it's only Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure I read everything else in issues that I read. Um, yeah. I would like to also note that I have not read any of these emails, so I'm coming completely cold. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Josh, is, I mean, Connor's read them already, but me and Josh were totally clear. Yeah. So thank I, you. If I had read them, I wouldn't have remembered them. Okay. Well, thank you, Gene. So. Okay. Number two. The next champion from New Jersey writes, and first off, congrats on reaching 200 of the episodes. We're a quarter of the way to 1,000. Oh, God, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the next champion's question. Uh, my question is about surprises and not the sexy one, sadly. I was at my mall and they had their annual baseball card comic sale. Looking around, I was shocked and surprised to find Superman number 23. It was surprising because it had a Roger Stern as a writer, but the big surprise was that Mike Mignola and P. Craig Russell were the artists. I had no idea Mignola did a Superman book and it was a blast to read. What surprises have you had when looking through back issues, back issues at your local comic store? It could be a creative team or just something shocking that happened in the issue. It's ama- it's amazing. You think I mean I, I I never thought about it that way, but I guess you know like you got Mignola had to start somewhere. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. He did a lot of DC work early. He did a in ton that, of DC right? work and Marvel too. Yeah. He did yeah. all the all those covers for that uh that uh, those annuals that one year. That was yeah. It was, yes. Yeah. And of course, Cosmic Odyssey, which was his yeah. big DC book. Yeah. I had a similar actually Mignola related situation. I got the one of the trades, either BPRD or Lobster Johnson. I think it was Lobster Johnson. And in it had a story by, written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Scott Collins. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Which I wasn't at all expecting, and I got to it. I was like, whoa, hello. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing. I don't go to stores with yeah. back, back issues anymore, so I don't even couldn't tell I you. Don't, I barely have that. time to keep up with comes out week to week, yeah. so I don't. doesn't happen. I, the, I remember I wrote about it on the site, or I talked about it on the podcast, but like the a while. Yeah, the Bendis Batman, when I went, di- when I went back issue diving, which is maybe two years ago or whatever, but I, can't, I found the only DC comic that Bendis has ever written, and it's a Batman story in like one of those anthology issues. It's the black and white issue? Yeah, the Citizen Kane story. Yeah, the Citizen Kane story, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I mean, it was all right. <laughs> but it was, yeah. Citizen Wayne. Mm. It's not a joke. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony K. from Martinez, California. Because of the res- the resent popularity. <laughs> I, that's funny because that's true. Yeah. The recent popularity in nerd culture, many of my friends have re- insisted on me taking them to my local comic book store, Flying Colors. Now, many of these, quote, friends of mine who I bring happen to be girls. Are you just bragging, Anthony? Also, I just happen to, I just, I just so happen to bring them one at a time because you're keeping them secret from one another, I assume. <laughs> because of this, I've started to notice that the guys slash girls at Flying Colors thinks I'm, think I'm a ridiculous man whore, as do I, who just brings girls to a comic shop store because it's the only place where I'm cool. Uh, but I was wondering, 
what the hell should I do? And has anything like this happened to you guys? <laughs> no. it's, it's oddly specific. I think he should enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. he should enjoy the idea that people think he's a stud. Ooh, What's wrong with that? Read, you should read the Warren Beatty book. <laughs> You're all about the Warren Beatty now. <laughs> Listen, if you'd read the book, you'd know what I was talking about. Uh, is, he is, he the, is he the new Evans? He's, oh, it's all well, goes together. Beautiful Let's get back to this topic. Montage. In college, I brought a couple of girls to the comic, Comics for Collectors in Ithaca, New York. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, what do you care? What, first, you know, who cares what they think, yeah. number one. Number two, the, what they think of you seems to be a good thing. Right. Oh, so, you know, bask in it. I have found in my time that when people, uh, they, they hurl resentment at you, it's, it's usually based on envy. Yep, yep, exactly. So, what do you, I mean, the dudes at the comic book shop are like, ugh, look at you being a man. Like, yeah. You want this. You don't have it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look at me being a man whore, motherfucker. Right, exactly. <laughs> from fine. Connor? From, the, from, the, from your mouth? I will, t- I, will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you that the, the comic shop has had diminishing returns over the years. Like, for a little while, girlfriend thought it was fun, became a wife. We didn't want to go in. Now she's like, I'm not going in there. Oh, I've, I've, I've stopped complaining. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm yeah. absolutely done. Totally done. No, no interest in comics and my personal life in any degree. You know, when like, it's when it's a girl who's not at all into comics, the first time's always like a novelty, like yeah. oh, this is fun and cute and whatever. And then, do you want to go to that other store? I'll meet you there in, in yeah. twenty minutes. Then you, then you then you quit your job and you talk about comics for a living, and they just don't <laughs> ever 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 want to hear about it again. Yeah. Next, next question, Joe from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Says with the upcoming release of The Walking Dead on AMC, no ordinary, no ordinary family on ABC, and maybe someday a Powers TV show. What do you guys think about taking comics to TV in a more story and character-based format than what can be done in movies? What properties do you think could support a show? And as a bonus question, who's your ideal cast for the Fables TV series that ABC has announced? Announced. Thanks and keep it up for another 250 yeah. episodes. Um, no ordinary family is not a comic show. Is it's not? It's, I mean, well, it's, no. it's superheroes. It's a but... genre. Yeah, superheroes genre, but it's not. Yeah, but based on. Um, but- I, I mean, think it's, it's great. I think it's fantastic. I wish that HBO would make Preacher, goddammit. That's well, I think, I think the question is, is TV better than movies for comics? I think for certain comics it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, Walking Dead works for TV. I don't think it works for movies. I mean, you could make it work, but it wouldn't be as... It'd be like, ironic if it was, considering the origin of The Walking Dead was Kirkman trying to solve for what happens when the movie ends. Right. But, I mean, yeah. there, you could certainly make a Walking Dead movie, but it wouldn't be as interesting as a long-form storytelling. And certain things... Spider-Man works as a movie. Batman, you know, the big characters sort of work as movies because you can do one story with them. But the yeah. longer, sort of drawn-out character, you know, indie stuff. I, but I think that, I think that you know I think Powers, uh, you know, possibly could be a great TV show, but it also could have been a good movie. You could have taken one of those yeah, arcs and made it a movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think you know I think it, it it works when it all depends on what kind of story you're trying to tell. If you're trying to tell one self-contained story. And that you think you fit in two hours and you could do it well and all that sort of stuff. The pieces are there, but also because of the comics' episodic nature, I mean, it's no surprise that like Lost, you know, they all had comic book writers writing for them over the years because it was they were basically comic books. They were you know episodic shows, you know, um, yeah. you know. So, um, well, the, the only other, the only thing I would say that does that doesn't, and I think that we've seen this bear out that doesn't work for TV so much is I actually don't think superheroes tend to work that well because they can't do the budget to support it in a way that works. Yes. I think uh, Smallville disagrees with you. And that's one way of doing it, though, because yeah. they cheated it. They don't have costumes. They don't do those yeah, things. They do. You can't yeah, they do. do an. All right. No, but he's, just... he's right. Smallville's an aberration. Like, yes. Yeah. Heroes. Heroes. And, the... and it's not like a huge hit. I mean, like, like it's a wonder that it's still on. Ten years. It's I actually the biggest that. show on CW, but it, whatever. That's not. Right, it's but... an aberration. It's an aberration show. If you take Heroes, 
you know, every week we did the live blog on iFanboy, and the biggest complaint was the fact that the, the fight scenes weren't like the ones in the movies because the budget's just not there to do a movie every yeah. week. Yeah, the, the, the fights happened off off camera. Which, and that's yeah. why so Powers annoying. works because Powers yeah. isn't really about the costumes. Or exactly. The There's no X Men TV show. Yeah. Um, okay, but anyway, so what properties do we think could support a show? I still say, and it's been tried, and I, I don't think it'll ever happen now, but uh, Strangers in Paradise would make a wonderful serialized show. It would. Yep. So, What about you guys? What properties make a good show? Well, Lock and Key was just announced. I think that would make a good show. Yep. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's an unfolding horror show, which would be good. Um, I, local. Local would be great. You're right. Totally. Local would be a great ABC, ABC, HBO, MC or show. Or old Fox, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Starman. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Good pick. Okay, make a good self-contained TV series. Yeah, very good pick. Great, great location. Yeah, really good. And Josh, uh, we know how you like to cast things, so cast the Fables. I hate ca- I'm terrible at casting. It's we're, just, gonna, we're I'm sorry. That. that was yeah, an ironic. Yeah. Uh, Haha. Ter- I'm terrible at casting. Next question. Caroline P or O Caroline. Oh, Caroline. She congratulates, on, she congratulates us on 200 of the episodes, and she says, Now, over the past 200-some episodes, you have frequently alluded to some special relationship with the movie Reign of Fire. Aside from the obvious fact that it captures the struggle between man and dragon like nothing else, it seems, it seems like there must be a story there. Can you share it? It's, it's gonna be, this is going to be disappointing. There is not. <laughs> There's no, it's, it's just, just, it's just, it's just a, a mutual appreciation. We all just know. I was like, did you see Van Zant? Yeah, that was awesome. Yes, it was. It's an appre- End of story. It's an appreciation of uh, several things. Of uh, of dragons, of... Uh, Matthew imagine- McConaughey with the shaved well, head. I, yeah, that's what I was getting there. Was take like, sorry, take sorry. him out of it. <laughs> Got nothing. True. It's basically it all boils down to McConaughey in that, in that really movie. Does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Bring oh, him to no me, sleeves. Quinn. He has a giant axe, no sleeves. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> he's, he's a walking G.I. Joe character. Joe character yes. <laughs> he's got he has a giant tank gun between his legs. <laughs> so, and it's not just the jacket with no sleeves. It's like the fuzzy collared bomber yes. jacket. Yeah. Oh. It's at, but the like, cigar. Oh, God. Here's the, the thing. The DVD is staring me in the face. Now I'm going to fucking watch it after nice. this. Have over. your little soiree. <laughs> Always chomp on the big on the half. Yeah. Oh, good so good. Stuff. The axe. He's got a fucking axe. Oh, big axe. Yeah. So Crossbow. Good. Yep. Stuff so there's him. really no story other than the fact that we all saw it independently and we all loved it See, independently. Here's the scary thing: is the fact that we are all we before this all I family thing. We were friends. Now, not so much. But no, we were friends. <laughs> and, and while friends have, you know, have their own, everyone's an individual. They have their own tastes, everyone, things like that. There's also a mutual. Kind of like a, a uh, like we all gather in the town square around certain specific things. That there are some yeah. common touchstones. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a friendship is built on. You know, like we've got Rain of Fire, we've got Jaws, we've got Goodfellas, we've got Star Wars. There are all these little things. That, so. Just movies. It's the only yeah. way we know how to relate to anything. Yeah, really. I don't, I don't even know Josh's middle name. I will. <laughs> this is Jay. Something. No. Uh, <laughs> here's A. Bring him to me, Quinn. J. <laughs> Why the that cl- woman? That woman in Rain of Fire is terrible, and she's never done another movie. Just <laughs> a, a non-character. Well, we need a girl there. Okay. Yeah. Um, never takes her clothes off. Next question. Next two. I'm gonna read the next two because they're related. Uh, quick question, mainly for Connor, but I'm interested in what you think. Who? I'm interested in what you all think. Who's smarter, Lex Luthor or Batman? I've struggled with this my whole life, and looking for. <laughs> Wow. I've struggled this my whole life. <laughs> I have I have an answer. Connor, go ahead. 
Wait, but the, read the second one since it's related. Oh, I don't know if they're related. I, uh, how smart is Batman really, especially in comparison to Reed Richards, Lex Luthor, or even Superman? It seems that as though his cognitive prowess is, is omega level sometimes, but then dumb enough to fall for something the Penguin has cooked up other times. I ask this because most recent Eastern issue, they've turned, they're bringing to light just what happened to Batman in the RIP storyline. He creates some sort of magic bullet that can not only kill Darkseid, but is apparently the first bullet to ever be shot or something convoluted like that, something Reed Richards does before his morning, morning coffee, I'm sure. I know this can easily be passed off as the writer bending the rules to make his story work, but really, is he, quote, get caught petty criminal smart, or is he better SAT score than Lex smart? Uh, that was Will, Willie, Will L. Magnifico who wrote the yes. second one. Yeah. Um, I think Lex is smarter than Batman. Hubris takes him down, though. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Lex is the smartest man in DC. I agree. And Agreed. he's, if you look at the Reed Richards, Lex, Superman list, Batman falls third. You put oh, Reed, no. Reed, Reed at the top, Lex behind Reed, Batman behind Lex, Superman behind, behind Batman. I'll go, I'll go even for, I mean, you're, only t- you're very focused, but I mean, like, if you look at the smartest men in both universes, Batman's, like, closer to ten. I'm going by the names listed in the email. Yeah. The, th- the thing is, is that Batman might not be as smart as Reed or as Lex or as Hank Pym or as Tony Stark or something like that, but he's more cunning. You know, yes. like he's more. Yeah. 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 Look, he's very, 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 very smart. Let's yes. not yes, cut him short, smart. but he's also got a different kind of smart. He applies it, you know, tactically and, and tactilely. He, he's, he's got a lot of tactical. I mean, I would say tactically, he's the smartest person on this list. Yeah, tactically, yes, yeah, yeah. He applies his intelligence to the protection of Gotham from criminals. That's the only thing he's focused on. He's not trying to solve the water crisis, right? Yeah. Right. Or yeah. or take over the world or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But, so. but Lex is clearly the smartest person at DCU. That's no question. Um, All right. Yeah. All right. Next question. As Josh had the hubris to bring him down. Yes. Yes. All right. But Next. also. Uh, Will L. Magnifico said, live show in L.A.? What do you say, boys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep dreaming. If you, ever, if you ever make it to L.A., perhaps. Yeah, wow. you could be a member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will, if you're not a member, become a member. That'll get us one step closer to being going to L.A. I hate L.A., so not, not likely. I'd like but... to go back, but just for a little tiny bit. We could all visit. I could see us all visiting I there. Was just, I, was just, I was just there. and it was, oh, Not now. Yeah. Fucking hot right now. Yeah, it but is. like February when it's. We raining. don't. We don't have any store relationships though. We don't know what we do with shows though. We can, uh, we can, make, we can make those relationships. Apartment. Yeah, no, we can make those relationships. We'll just do it at Romo's place. Yeah, totally. The Ooh, address is four two five. Santa Monica. Bo- he no. has an extra be- the extra bedroom he's talking about. We can do the show out of there. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Anyway, next question comes from Jeff, uh, also known as Power Dad on the on the site, our buddy Jeff. Uh, he's got two questions. His first one's from his daughter, Power Daughter, who's been on the show previously on the voicemails. She's adorable. We met her in yes. Seattle. She's adorable. Yeah. Um, and she wants to know, we don't know if you have an answer, but we figured might as well ask, why did the 1978 cartoon version of the Fantastic Four leave out Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and replace him with Herbie the Robot? I do know the answer to that. Toy sales. Connor? Uh, actually, it's not toy sales. It was liability issues. They didn't want a character who was on fire. Ah, oh, interesting. Nice. They didn't. They didn't want a character who would inspire kids to light themselves on fire. Nice. All right. Okay. Cool. I, I read about the. I used to have this book that was an encyclopedia of all the TV shows, and uh, I read that. Man. Of everyone no, ever. No, seriously. Yeah, I, I swear to God, it was a really big book. I, I love that there was a point in time where that could be made. 
Yes, it was. That, it was probably from 20 years ago. Yeah. That, that and Connor read it straight through. <laughs> I probably would have read it straight through, too. Yeah. All right, so he's got a second question. He says, is it getting harder to review comics now that you're getting to know more creators? Personally, I do find it hard to divorce a creator from their work and themselves. It, for example, I've always liked Neil Adams as a creator, but now I find it hard to enjoy his work after hearing him angrily want to throw out all of physics to support his ideas on how reality should work. <laughs> at the same time, I've really grown to like Mike Norton's work, probably partly because he's such a nice guy to me and my daughter at the Emerald City Comic Con. Nicest guy in comics. One of them. Yes, is no, it, he is. Is it becoming harder to do this for you guys as well, especially in the case of someone like Alex Robinson, who appears to have a strong connection with Josh? A special, a special connection with Josh. He's under my desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. And luckily, uh, Jeff tells us there's no right or wrong answer here. He's just curious. Um, so Josh, Josh, tell us about this Robinson, special relationship with Alex. Alex Robinson slowly flates you during the show under your desk. <laughs> that's, is it that's hard problem. to, to <laughs> review you know, his book objectively? I guess, but the, the funny thing is, is I've read like stuff that he's done since we since we became friends, and it's funny because, like, he was a guy like I can go way back, and and Box Office Boys is one of my favorite books. Period. You guys have known that forever. I read it, uh, you know, years, years or so ago. Years before we ever did this stuff. Yep. Yeah. Like, and it still is. I still think it's brilliant. And, and that's actually kind of odd. Um, but I've also read stuff that he's done. So, like, hey, he works slower than dirt now, so it doesn't matter. It's nothing, I'm not gonna have to worry about this problem for years. Um, <laughs> but, um, I was like, do you work today? No, not really. Um, no. But uh, I've read some stuff that he's done since then, and like it's still good. Like he's he's really good. I don't have to worry about Alex that. Alex Robinson's fantastic. Yeah. No, he's he's never done a bad thing. No, exactly. Um, there are other like I know lots of guys in comics who I like a lot, uh, sort of personally, and I they do they do work that I don't love. Uh, a lot of artists, not necessarily that I don't love their work, but they work on stuff that I wouldn't necessarily buy. I guess that's kind of weird. I don't well, know. Here's, well, here's the an the answer is this: we. As we've gotten to know people through the show, through conventions, through whatever, we've had to become more specific in our criticism. Yes. Yeah. That's, we, that's just a good thing anyway. And, and, it's, and it benefits us. We, we can no longer say, this thing sucks, I hate this thing. We have to say why and actually give a reason. And what we found is, and we've been told this directly from by creators at cons and, and things like that, is that they appreciate us giving reasons for things we don't like. Yep. It's not us saying, this book sucks. It's... I didn't like this book because of A, B, C, D. Because we, we, we give constructive criticism. I mean, the thing is, is that like, and, and you're and you're right. I mean, we've been very lucky. We've been very fortunate to be able to meet a ton of creators and actually, you know, like be able to sustain relationships at, when we're in, you know, personal relationship with them. And it's cool. You know, it happens. It's a very small industry and we're not the only ones. I mean, like all the other mm -hmm. podcasts, all the other journalists, all the yes. other media folks all have the same kind of situation. But the thing is, is that personally for me. I mean, I, I before comics, I did music stuff, and I was friends with tons of guys in bands, and I used to hate some bands, but I was good friends with the guitarist or whatever. And the thing is, is that you, I, what I what I learned back then and what I do now is you just got to be honest, and like Connor said, not stupid. I'm not out to hurt anyone's feelings. Like I'm not gonna walk up to you know an artist or a writer who I who I, I know personally and be like, that sucked. You people know, and do. rub it in their face. Yeah, people do all the time. But like I I mean, I've had very frank conversations with artists. You know, artists who I own lots of their art about why I thought something they did didn't work. And we've had frank conversations about what the, what happened with the inking or the coloring or what happened with that project. And it's, you know, they're not always, it, it's not always because of the artist. There's so many other people involved in the comics or the writer. Like there's so many other, there are deadlines. There's other things, there are extenuating circumstances that, that we don't always know about. And it's interesting to have a, 
a a honest, frank, constructive conversation where it's not criticizing anybody. I don't know. You know. Well, I'll, I'll no, name drop. That's actually really well, fun. Yeah, I'll, really. I'll name I'll name drop here and say when Ron and I were in Seattle this year. Yep. Uh, Judd Winnick came up to us and said, "We it was I San Francisco. Really liked- San Francisco was it? Yep. San Francisco. Sorry, yep. it was all a big blur that that whole. Yeah, I know. It was like two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was WonderCon. San Francisco. Judd Winnick came up to us and said, "I like you guys a lot because you guys are fair. Yep. Even when you don't like something, you give us a reason why, and you're fair about it. And that's the key: is to not be an asshole. And what was and- great about that was he says, "Us creators say that we like everybody a lot, but we don't really mean it. But when I, when we say that about you guys, we mean it, which was awesome. Which was but <laughs> because because we, we we try as we meet these guys, you yeah. realize they're real people working on these books, and they're not just names on a page. And you have to. Give a reason why you don't like something, and not just be this blows and I hate it. I mean, honestly, I really liken it to like uh, sports, like baseball players, things like that. Like, I, you know, um, think about you and your job. Do you have an A day every day? Mm-hmm. No. Well, like I, I well, no. Like you're gonna you're gonna screw up every once in a while. But they're doing it in public and at your criticism. People they don't know sitting on Twitter going, "This sucks," blah blah blah. It's kind of great on them, you know. So then, one other thing is that we, you know, we. Hey, nobody's out there to make bad comics. Everybody's trying. So, yeah. and it's hard. It's really hard. And it's like one thing after another. It's not like they have years to plan these issues. They got to do it and just go. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, the thing about our show has always been the case is that we're we don't have to worry about it too much cuz we really focus on just trying to talk about stuff we like and stuff you'll like. So, yeah. and and we and we and we do criticize when we feel it's needed. Things. It's needed. Yeah. Like 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 for example, we were talking about Ex Machina and Tony Harris and and the art and all that sort of stuff. I feel as if that's a valid criticism. If Tony was here, I would go, buy him a beer and sit down and talk about what's been going on, what what he was trying to do with that art to better understand it, and then tell him why I didn't like it. And what you would know? you say to Paul Jenkins? Paul Jenkins, I would probably buy a beer and just give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that I mean that's the key is is to try to be fair about it. And uh, yeah, obviously when you when you talk like we all like Mike Norton. If he if if we were talking about his book, it would be in my head that I know Mike Norton. I like Mike Norton. But if I didn't like what he did, I would say why I didn't like it, and that yeah. would be. That's yeah. what you have to do in this job. So you have to be able to say why. You, you, if, you don't, if you can't say why, you shouldn't be doing it. We, sh- we shouldn't be doing this if we can't say why. And that goes for anybody doing podcast or media or anything like Fortunately, that. Fortunately, we, yeah. we, we can say why. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, and, this, and the second that you get the feeling that we're not doing that, that we're us. just like, oh, this was awesome, you don't have to tell us. People will know. We'll start hearing it. I know we'll start hearing it yeah. all the time. Well, no, that happened, that, happened, that happened to me this past year where we were talking about a book, and I dismissed uh, – it was one of those anthology books, and I dismissed it, and I said – the artist was no good. The artist shouldn't be working in comics, something like that. I must, you know, and I was not in, you know, I was obviously probably tired or whatever it was. A you week, can get in a role and start was, saying stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it was a weak moment. And one of you in the audience called me on it. They're like, you know, it's kind of shitty. I'm like, you know, you're absolutely right. I was out of line. Totally out of line. And, you know, and, 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 and keeping us honest and, and remembering that is important. So, yep. yeah. All right, cool. Hang on, hang on a second. There we go. Beer right, is open. Light a cigar? What no, I just, I just <laughs> opened my PBR. Already, you already at the PBR. I already down the cocktail. Yeah, so. you finished the whole nine. the whole right, bottle hurry. of Seagrams. Mm. No, it's just one cocktail. We're gonna take a break. I'll make another drink. I'm mi- right. I'm mixing whiskey and beer, which is never a good thing. No, Mike from Oceanside, New York. Is that Long Island, Josh? Oceanside. Uh, I used to. We used to play a soccer team from Oceanside, and one of the dads on the Oceanside team would sit there and go, "Let's go Oceanside!" the entire game, and we wanted to kill him. All right, Mike from from Long Island. Says, I'm a brand new listener and a brand new reader, picking up my first issues in April after a long time of loving comics from afar. Wow, he's he's very new. Yeah. Mike says, Do you guys think that because of the rise of different genres in comics, i.e., non superheroes, that the superhero story may be looked down upon even more by pe- more by people who don't understand it as a medium? 
or that it serves as an example of how comics as a whole are just, just as valid of a medium regardless of genre. P.S. Josh, I love the first chapter of Boston, and I love the Toe Scratch. Toe Scratch was good. Thank you. Nice. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of looking down on both superhero genre and non-superhero genre by both camps. I, I, but I, I've heard. I've, this, this, yeah. will come up, this will come up later, by the way. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard a lot of fans. I've heard a lot of creators. I've heard a lot of people who tur- they 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 turn their nose up to the opposite camp if you're in one, um, which I find it cracks me up because I love them but both. I, but I think yeah. if you look at his question, which is a bit awkwardly worded, sorry, Mike, um, is that the superheroes? I think the superhero genre is looked down upon in general, like from the general public. Oh yeah, totally. totally. As, as childish, sure. as childish, because that's because people don't read the books, don't realize they're not childish. Yeah. So they're looked down upon. Yeah, people don't realize that a superhero story can be really nuanced and really um, subtle and really touching. Yeah. I so. think at the same time, though, it behooves us a little bit to go, it is also a little childish. No, that's it, not it's, necessary. It, the tropes that's, are silly. I don't know if right. I call it childish. I call them silly. Well, right. But, that's, and that's, but I'm saying that's not even necessarily a bad thing. Childish may not be the right word or whatever, but there is, there is a silliness to it. It's something born of something that was made for children originally. It's yes. been reappropriated. It's, it's been everything. But I... I think it's interesting that part of this question is like a defensiveness of superheroes. Yep. Uh, and I think that that happens a lot where people want – they want to be respected. They want to feel like they're doing something adult. So they want – like, they, well, you should respect the superhero story. And it's like – you know, it's for me as far as the genres and whatever, and I've always – this is my, my creed is that comic books are a storytelling de- de- medium. Delivery they're, they're, mechanism. They're a way to tell a story. And in that way, you can tell any kind of story. Some kinds might work better, some do, but there's no kind of story you can't tell. It just so happens that, that superheroes are the ones that, that sell, that those are the ones that people think of with comics. Um, I don't think, you know, it's, it's good. The more kinds of stories you tell, the more people are reading comics, the better the art form does. End of story. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, Adrian Z from Australia. First of all, congratulations on 250. Thank you. I'm getting married in March, and my fiance, who is not a comic fan, has asked me if I want to include anything comics related in the ceremony. Have we done this? After careful consideration, I decided to go for some very subtle silver cufflings with the X-Men symbol. Classic. Oh, all right, Adrian. Nice Based choice. Based on this, I have two questions. First, has a partner ever asked if you wanted to include something comic book related in an important event into an important <laughs> event? Second, is there anything else you could recommend to add a subtle comic book flavor to our wedding? Flavors spilled with you because... He's Australian. He's a dirty foreigner. Don't. Yeah. No, leave it be. You've got it perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. I, I agree. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Cufflinks, you'll wear them. If anyone sees them, they might know what it is. They'll nod. They know what it's about. You don't need to rub it in people's faces. Perfect. So, yeah. Josh, Josh, your wedding, at your wedding, you had, was it the pens? Were Star Wars pens? Was that it? We had, like, in the little guest book. Yes, where I you think the pens it, were Star Wars pens. A, we had a Yoda bobblehead pen for one of yes, those. Yes, that was it. Yep. Yeah. Something there. I don't think there was much else. We were, our recessional was going to be a uh, William Superman theme, but it got changed at the last minute by a bagpiper who scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Your, your bagpipers were fucking loud. They were. Yeah. Yeah. That was my Aunt Mary. Yeah. She's loud. a cop. It's a good thing the we first, saw them because the rest of the audience yeah. basically jumped out of their seats when they started I playing. jumped out of my feet. I was terrified. I was expecting to hear Superman, and all of a sudden... Yeah. And you got to understand, my Aunt Mary carries a gun, so <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> that was creepy. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. I think you're doing it perfectly with the cufflinks. That's perfect. Yeah, so. I, it was it was the it's the right note right there. If you have something else, but you know, don't push it. Don't. Yeah. That'll be for you. It's for you. It's it's your thing. Yeah. You know, it's there. People, your your fiance wife knows it's there. So yep, exactly. yeah, exactly. Excellent. Next question, Martin from Edinburgh, Scotland. 
says Edinburgh. 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 Says, what runs of comics do you feel have been unjustly forgotten? I'd say Carl Carl Castle's smartly plotted, delightfully fun Daredevil, bumped to make way for the grim but good Kevin Smith relaunch. Interesting. He's right about that, by the way. That was a good run by Carl Castle. Was that the armor? No, it was not. It was it after was the a, armor. It was after the armor. It was it was it was sort of a back to basics before they went to Kevin Smith. Yeah. I think I don't remember. I could be wrong. I think in that run he got his sight back. Oh, but but it was, a, it was a, at a cost. It was, it was a good run. It was a yeah. very solid run. Cool. He's totally right. That was a run that's totally forgotten. I've I, I've got a forgotten one. Um, Joe Casey and Ladrone on cable. That was a that's great. Joe that Casey's was first, and that was a great run. I love I love those books. Those were great. Um, I think that people overlook. I I really liked Ron Mars's Kyle Rayner uh, Green Lantern and Judd Winnick's uh, run after that. I thought there's some really good stuff in there. Oh yeah, there was. That was a good time for Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, and people people forget about it now because it's all about Hal Jordan. Mm. Uh, but those were really the, I, those were really fine the, books. Those were fun the books. One, the one true Green Lantern. <laughs> I mean, um, they, you know, by the end they spiral off some. But no, no, I remember you guys both liking those a lot. We talked about them a lot at the time. Yeah. Uh, I would say a run that DC should trade or, or put into some sort of collection is Peter David's Aquaman. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, because that's which, so gotten forgotten. Which was a, a, one of their best books for years. and It wasn't very popular because it was Aquaman. People make jokes about Aquaman because of Super Friends, but it was a really great run. It was one of those seminal Peter, da- Peter David runs that goes for years, and he really builds on a character and a story, like yeah. he did with Hulk. And it's, a, it's sort of a crime that, that DC hasn't collected it or at least acknowledged it in a while. It would be... Because it wouldn't sell. That's true. No, and I agree. I mean, I agree. But it, it's something that was one of the best, so quality-wise. Mm-hmm. It was a great book for many years. Um, I, I'm the only one who ever talks about it, but uh, Ron Garney's art on Silver Surfer in the late '90s, which I'll never forget, which I've never seen him replicate the art on that book, was amazing. Oh, Ron Garney's so fucking good. Remember when there was a Silver Surfer title? By the way, when was the last time <laughs> I, that happened? I do. Yeah. I bought issue fifty for twenty five bucks. Uh, yeah, I, I bought it too. That was the that was the silver foil one, right? Ron Lynn. cover, Ron and I got Lynn. signed by yeah. Jim Starlin, even though he didn't do anything on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was Who's young. I was at Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, I'm up next. Okay. Martin. G- no, that's you. That was Ron. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I've had I've had a lot of champagne. Next one. Gonzo Panther writes, "Hey guys, love the show. I was just wondering, what do you think about Chris Evans as Captain America? Because there's been a lot of debate about if he should dye his hair blonde or not. So, what do you guys think?" He's not blonde. I thought he was blonde. He's he's, he's dirty like, blonde. He's dirty blonde. He's, and he's fine. He's, he's great. Like my hair color. Chris Evans is awesome. I love Chris Evans. I have nothing wrong with Chris Evans. Josh is I've, Josh is loving Chris Evans right now. I have I have no I have no belief that he can't do it. Hmm. I don't think the pro, I think if there's ever if there's a problem with the movie, it's not going to be him. No. Uh, I mean, if you've seen it's uh, this makes me think you don't go on the website. That's what I think. Yeah. Because we've talked about this, but um, also I just, I think that he you know. He, have you ever seen Sunshine? He was excellent in Sunshine. He can play he's a good funny. Actor. He, he's not. I haven't seen anything that made me think he's a bad actor. And people he point to he gets cast a lot in that kind of smart aleck role because yeah. he's really good at it. But he can do lots of stuff. Uh, yeah, I've I've no. I, he looks he looks right. I don't I don't have a problem with it. I like him a hell of a lot better than I like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, hell's yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds, but he's he we saw him in San Diego and he's in the midst of filming now, so he's yeah. not dyeing his hair platinum blonde. He's going with his hair color, which is blonde, but not. Which I think he should. And, and also, I I could give a shit about hair color. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless it's like like a character who's like known for their bright red hair. Right. Like it's. I don't think it's important. Why is an American 
like if he's Captain America, what does it matter what color his hair is? He's a white guy. He's got to he have to have blonde hair. It just feels kind of. He has blonde hair. It's just, it's just not. Yeah. That's know, ironic. Comic book blonde. That's ironic. What do you mean? White guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, fighting Nazis. Right. Well, yeah, it is. Part of it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't have to be. Like, it's with that same question. Like, could Captain America be black? Sure. It yes. would change the story. Well, well, the first Captain America was black. Yeah, Isaiah. <laughs> yep. That I, actually, I actually think Will Smith would have made a good Captain America. But, yeah, he would have, yeah. Uh, but I think I, we all love we all love Chris Evans, and we're all looking forward. Yeah, to pro Chris Evans, yay Chris Evans. All right, Josh. He's no Tom Jane. Eric no, from Luck, no, Wisconsin. I stopped reading the X Men comics in the '90s because there were way too many crossovers. It seemed like I could never finish an arc because it was being wrapped up in another X title, or a story started in another title and finished in the one I was reading. I was always lost. I want to start reading the X Men again, but is is this still a standard practice in the X books? Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I mean, you were coming off a of second coming, which the answer is yes, but it was awesome. But we also uh, had the yeah a string of we've had a string of. Although I'm only reading X Men, you're all, and it's uh, so far self-contained in, in the X Men book. Yeah, that's the vampire one. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. self-contained. Yeah, I mean, basically what they've been doing is they they've been each of the X Men books are going off on their own plots, and like every year, year and a half, they come together for some sort of mini crossover and then spin off again. But the thing is, is that they're they're trying to do those crossovers in a way where you don't need to read the other ones. So I feel like the current I feel like this stuff must be hard to read and trade. Oh, I, I, do they even trade it? I don't even know if they trade. I don't it. Even of course know. they do. Marvel trades everything, but I think yeah. they trade them in story arcs. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, they that's that's the hallmark of the X Men books. Is the X Men books are self contained. They're in their own bubble. They're in their own world and. They cross over with each other. Yeah, I mean, Josh and I experienced this with X Factor. Yep, yep. Is that we eventually? Well, that spend... that was that was bizarrely that was that was, that was, it seemed as if that was the weird uh, exception we, time we after to, time after time. The, we had to drop the book because it was getting crossed over in the stories we weren't reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't good. I I mean the thing is I think that that that's part and parcel with reading X Men books. Yes. Yep. It now, is. so if you don't like it, then I don't know. Go back and try to see if you can find the single stories and trades later. Go screw. What? But apparently, it's, but apparently it's good. I mean, Ron, Ron and people who read them have been liking it. It's great. Stuff. It's been a great year for the X-Men. I don't think that's the last time you're going to hear Go Screw on this. Go Screw! It's going to get better. <laughs> so let's let's hold on. Uh, <laughs> Who's up? Moving on. Uh, you, Ron. All right. Dave from Texas, uh, also known as The Dave, T-E-H Dave on the site, um, says, As a listener since around episode 65, it's amazing to think how far you've gone since then. Tell me about it. How do you remember that? Here's my, 65. here's my question. Do any of the old episodes stand out in your memory, or are they all just a big blur? I just answered that. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I re-listen to old episodes when I'm working, and I have some favorites, like the first Fables episode or the R-rated Jonathan London guest spot. But I'm curious how you guys look back on your body of work and what stands out. Uh, None of it. <laughs> no, there, there's, there's, there's definitely a sense of blurriness. Yeah, oh, um, so total blurriness. Like if, if you think about, and I, I hate to, I'm not comparing us at all, but I'm just using an example. When you see interviews with Shatner and he talk about going to co- Star Trek cons, people would ask him a specific question about specific episodes, and he'd have no clue what they're talking about because yeah, when you do the thing, it all sort of runs together. But there are things that stand out to me. I, I think about, you know, the last all email show 150 is a great show. I don't. I don't. Um, I'd remember nothing from that show. I don't um, either. Our our movie shows. Yeah. I, think, I, I think about those. Punisher Warzone. I think you, about Wanted. I remember. You know. Those. You know. Wait. You know why? You know why I don't? Because I don't go back and listen to them. 
Like yeah. we record, yeah. like we record, and 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 just to give people behind we're the curtain, make, we're making yeah, the we're content. we're making it, so we're talking about it. Like we'll record, and then I'll go eat dinner, and then I'll go out, and I'll forget about it, and like maybe like we trade off, like so, like on average, every third episode I'll edit, and when you edit it, you hear it a lot, and those ones I might remember more, the ones I've edited, but like. The things, the thing is that honestly, I, other than like things like laughing at GI Joe and wanted, like the movie shows I remember because they're like spe- because they like stand out because they're different topics. But like other than like other than the memes, other than like middle management yeah, Red Skull and stuff like that, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you anything. Bad roommate, Black Panther. I remember <laughs> there's a clip somewhere where Ron, I, we did like a fake thunder noise and for some reason ron was like scott chandler and i don't know why you said that creator's name but in the old-timey radio voice but i always remember that. oh i remember old-timey radio voice ron yeah um and then it was like colonel ron uh i remember i remember the video shows i i'm not the, i remember some of the video sh- i remember the, well, the video uh, shows are more because they're visual i don't remember uh, any of those i remember the really bad interviews <laughs> first James Robinson interview, uh, or the, fir- the first Robert Kirkman interview, which is awful. But I also so, remember the, the 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 New York City show we did. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally rewatchable, even if you're on it. It's just a fun show. But I remember the audio wise, we've been doing it every week for five years. So of course, Holy most f- of what have we been doing with our lives? <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 better ask to our ladies. Um, better, better than ITN. Uh, <laughs> It's, 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 it runs together, but they're always standouts. I mean, yeah, I remember Jonathan London. I remember Augie. I remember the first time we had Tom on. I remember, you know, it's, it's things stand out, but for the most part, we've done 250 of these and they run together. Every, every week a show comes out, video or audio, somebody will post something that's a response to the show, like I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll be like, dude, that's this. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you're, like, they'll answer some question I had in the show that I have no recollection. Yeah. But there are moments, I remember Ron having a stroke saying Rusty Auto parts. <laughs> Rusty Auto. <laughs> Rusty Auto, yeah, parts. And then, I mean, there are always moments like that, but, you know, when you're in the moment and making the show, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's when hard. I listen, when I, when I, rare, I used to listen back to them, but I don't anymore. When I listen back to them now, I make the same joke in my head half a second before I make it on the recording. Like, okay, <laughs> nice. Oh, I did but, say that. Uh, but you gotta, the, you, fun, the fun for us is when we're, we, we go away, like this whole, this whole month of August, we've been all, all three of us have gone on our own vacations. And so coming back to listen to the show. Yeah, that's when fun. you're when you're not on it, it's interesting. That is fun. Yeah, that is a lot yeah. of fun. Um, it's weird, but um, but the thing is, you also got to realize is that we've done 250 of these shows, but we've also done 178 video shows. We've done numerous movie shows, special Hundreds edition shows, many shows. Talks, many yeah, the talks blows, the don't misses. Like we have, we've probably made over a thousand podcasts at this point, but after these five years, and it's 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 just it's it's overwhelming when I think about it. Just overwhelming. So. But 150 is a great show. The email shows are usually really funny. Yeah. Uh, moving on. All right. Uh, me? Yes. Maybe? I'll just go. Morgan from Birmingham, Alabama said, this was kind of sparked by an old photo Josh put up in the 820 letter column. I know what photo. I don't remember the source, but it's, I seem to recall reading somewhere about the fact that Josh spent some time in his wayward youth playing in a band. So my question is this. Can you tell us, your loyal listeners, more about this, like, like the name of the band, what you sounded like? How about some audio? There is no audio. Whether you were any good, why you stopped, war stories about being on tour, I wish. <laughs> I've got more tour good. stories than you do. <laughs> I've never been on tour, so that's easy. Um, <laughs> I used to have the audio of your of your, of 
Yeah. I have yeah. the. I was like, I was just a. The only time I ever actually played gigs with a band, I was just like a fill-in guy. So that's what why. What was the name of the band? I think it was the Sellouts. It was, yes! Joe, Ca- it was yes! Joe Casey's band. Yeah. The um, Sellouts. And he fooled me into being their bass player for four shows. I thought it was six, but I was talking to him recently, and, and we re- I realized it was only four shows. You played um, in L.A. for four shows. Yeah, in L.A. The last one was at the Whiskey, though, so that was really fun. That's the awesome. thing is, I, I'm a guitar player. Um, I hate I hate playing bass. It's huge, and I look tiny behind it, and I don't, <laughs> know, how to, I don't know how to play bass. Like, I know how to play, you know, like... Guitar, I can, right, I, yeah. I, I faked it. Um, like, but I'm like a bass player. Didn't, um, wait, didn't one of the band members hate you? The guitar, the, no, I got in fights with the drummer, like he was like a dick, and then yeah. I like I didn't, didn't the guitarist get, like, didn't like you or something. Like no, that? like they didn't. They completely ignored me. It was like <laughs> Joe was my friend, but like like the rest of it was I was like, well, there's no camaraderie here at all. I wrote like a whole short story based on a guy in a band who everyone hated. <laughs> uh, I, I still haven't gotten out of my system. Um, so you played in a band called the Sellouts. That was Joe Casey's band. Yeah, you played but I just four gigs with them because they needed a bass player. You played in L.A., you played the Whiskey, which is a famous rock club yeah. in L.A., and that was the extent of your band playing. That was about it. Joe and I almost put another band together, and I was playing with him, and I was actually going to get to play guitar in it, but it never took off, and then I moved. That's because Joe wants to be a rock star. Yep. Joe, Joe is... Joe, they don't know about Joe is that he's been in a bunch of bands, yeah. and he's still playing in L.A., and like he sings and writes songs and plays them. He's going to hate you. He's going to hate you for saying this, by the way. Can we... Can we Go to LA and go to one of his gigs so we can heckle him. Oh, that would be, that would be I feel fantastic. Like we've earned the right to heckle his band. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I'm not involved in that. He's <laughs> he's a people. I guess I don't know. I don't even know if he's in a band right now. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's too bad he didn't get the tour. It's fun. That is Josh's rock star history. It's fun. Yeah, I used to have, it's not, I used to have those sellouts clips on my old computer before the hard drive got corrupted and everything got lost. I don't have those songs anymore. Wasn't one of them called Graphic Novels? I probably still have them. I probably still have them. No, that was the later one. That was the band I was going to be in that we didn't ever do because we. That's probably a good idea. That's probably a good idea. No, that was fun. Yeah, there are fun guitar songs, but it would have been that same drummer. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Josh's rock star history. There you go. And hey, Josh, nothing, nothing to sniff at. It was. Yeah. No. Yeah. You got closer. Closer than I ever did. I never got that. You played the whiskey, Josh. I did. I did. I. I would like. I love. I love. I used I to have that photo of you playing the whiskey that Lindsay took. Oh, I have that. I know I have that. Playing bass with the, the bass player, the bass being bigger than you. Yep. Yeah. Bass play. Bass looks well. Guitar is just the right size. I'll never forget that. He's looking down. Right. Yeah. I totally know that picture. I know it's like a vertical oriented. Yeah. Totally. And he's like he's like watching his hands. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I know that picture. But hey, it's dark. Better than I've ever done. So good yeah. for you. Yeah. Steve D from Michigan writes, "Could you please recast the A team with comic book characters?" No. No. Honestly, the best thing I can think of. Sorry. No. Batman's the planner. He's the no. Hannibal. This is a bad come question. On, I'm sorry, on. Steve. No. Batman's the Hannibal. Who's oh. the Who's the face? Nightwing. Uh, no. It was a DC Nightwing. He's not Bane. No, but he's the no. Face. He would be no, like face is not Bane. Face is not Bane. Face is cowardly. Face is. Oh, face. face is, I love Ron. Honestly, watching these old eight teams. They're fantastic, aren't they? I love how cowardly face is, but he will step up if you need him. Oh yeah, he will. But he's yeah, but he's always he just like oh, he's not vain. Yeah. No, he's not. No, he's he's not, he's, he's not at all. He's not vain. No. no, he's not. He's he's more. He's he's more. Um, what's the word? I'm Nightwing. Looking for? Nightwing is even worse. Nightwing's not cowardly. No, no, but but you can't find the exact. Who can right? talk themselves out of anything? That's what face is. Face is a talk. Face is a bullshitter. It's crazy. The, the superheroes is rough on that. 
Who's cra- yeah? This is this is why it doesn't work because the A team almost are superheroes, you know. Yeah, let's just say the team. That's like that, that. That's like who like cast the X Men with other Ooh. superheroes. BA is Wolverine. Uh, yeah, I can see him. BA is being Wolverine. Uh, he he's not. He he's he's violent, but he also has lots of other interests. Mr. Like, Mr. Like, ooh, like little kids. I was just gonna say, Mr. T and those little kids. But that's what Wolverine's like. He's always yeah. picking up little stray kids. So we'll put Wolverine as BA. We'll put Batman as Hannibal. And then no, Cyclops, could be, Cyclops could be Hannibal. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Murdoch yes. is Starman, the future yes. one. Tom, future Starman is Murdoch, and we need a good-looking guy who is a little bit cowardly as face. Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Yeah, there you go. yeah, there you go. That's good. Yeah. All right, move on. All right. Jeff R. writes in and says, if the universe is somehow aligned in the DC universe and you're able to get all the Batgirls from the last 50 years into a single location, I don't like where this is going, who would win in the inevitable fight? Oh, went I there. Do. I'm thinking specifically of Betty Kane, the 1960s Batgirl who was only around for three years or so. She carried a purse. Barbara Gordon as her pre- pre-killing joke self, not in a wheelchair. Cassandra Kane from her heyday past No Man's Land. Stephanie Brown, though Barbara Gordon's Oracle is helping her with advice during the fight. Yes, there would be two Barbara Gordons involved. If you want to toss in the Helena, uh, Helena, Helena Bertinelli Huntress Batgirl and extremely short-lived Charlotte Gage Radcliffe from Birds of Prey Batgirl into the fight, go ahead. I have my own thoughts on this, but would love to hear what you think. I've never heard of half these people. I think you've been on Wikipedia, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, Cassandra Kane would win. Yes, in, that's, in, that's the in answer. A, in a straight fight, Cassandra Kane was the best fighter trained by her father, who was an assassin. Um, she she is the best fighter of all. I mean, you know, the, the sentimental answer is Barbara Gordon, but Cassandra Kane would beat all of them. Yeah, I defer to you. He's right. I but agree I, but I also him. find her the least interesting as a character. You know what? That Batgirl run it was good. It was, was really, really good. good. It was. Yes, it I was. forget who was Kelly somebody. Kapowski. No, no. it's definitely not Kelly Kapowski. How awesome would that have been, though? Uh, it was Kelly, King... Kelly, Kelly Puckett. Kelly Puckett. Yes, was a writer. Uh, that was a wonderful series for a, a good 20, a 30 years. issues. Yeah. It was a really good series. Um, but but she's the best fighter. Like She is one of those sort of trained from birth to fight and read body language and all that stuff. She is the best fighter, so she'd yep. win. But cool. Betty Kane would drop first. <laughs> her, fucking, her purse. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, weapon. Yeah. Robert from North, I'm sorry, Southwest, <laughs> Southwest Minnesota. It's been a whole bottle of champagne. What do you want from me? In recent years, we have seen a number of. He's got a nice white head of hair. Picked up. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. Right. It's okay. Robert from Southwest Minnesota, Southwest Minnesota writes, In recent years, we've seen a number of comic properties picked up and translated for other media, movies, television, even novels. Some comics have even been written with the idea of pitching them for other mediums. I'm not judging. I love both the comic and the film Kick-Ass. What do you see as the best examples of comics published today that have utilized the medium of comics to the fullest? I think yes. it's got to be up there, right? Uh, yeah, it's a little less entertaining as than it is. Uh, well done, though. But it, you, it's it's basically it's you can't do it. Interesting. Any Comic used comics to the fullest. Serious polyp. Yes. Serious polyp is absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's 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 series. I really actually think that uh, for a guy who's 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 <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> 
the math isn't right on when he opened that bottle, by the way. To my brother George, the richest man in town. I didn't hear the question, by the way. All I could hear is one dog goes this way, the other dog goes that way. Um, <laughs> I think there's lots of books, and the I think huff, that if, the you, if you think if you think that was improv, yeah. uh, if you think about a guy He's who's actually kind of jumps, guy who's jumped ship would be Brian Vaughn, and I think that he actually does comic books that are comic books really, really well. Uh, well, I'm every try, issue well, I'm of trying, Quiet Last uh, Man uh, is a wonderful comic book. Preacher I, is a wonderful comic book. I'm trying book. to think of what's defined as what what uses comics in the medium, and what I think is it's a combination of story and art and storytelling within those two kind of things. So I'm looking at you know clever layouts. I'm looking for things that you know like when we look at it, like what do we think? Like this could only be done in a comic book, you know? And I can't remember what those were, but we've said that before. You know, honestly, I think uh, Dash Shaw's work is mm-hmm. big time using me- comics as a medium. Like that, his medium is comics. Yeah, um, and so just having read through Transmetropolitan, yeah, that's a comic book. It's too much; you'd lose some of it in any other media. Yeah, uh, you know, in a movie, it would be shortened. In a TV show, you would lose all that detail going on in the background because you couldn't do it. Uh, that's that's one. I, I mean, it also like it, it's not just the form of comics, but the form with which you sell those comics. Whether it's a hundred fifty page graphic novel, a sixty issue series. Um, and so on and so forth. Corey B. says, As a kid, before I got into mainstream Marvel and DC, I read a lot of kid-oriented comics such as Harvey, Richie Rich, and Casper, Walt Disney comics and stories, Archie, including Sonic the Hedgehog, which I still read to this day, and kid-themed DC books, Gotham, Batman Gotham Adventures and Superman Adventures. What I wanted to know is if you ever read kid-oriented comics like the ones I mentioned above. Is So is there a favorite that you have and perhaps still read today? Absolutely. Yes. yes, I read no. all those books. I read Richard Rich. I read Casper. I read Archie. I read all. When I was a kid, I read all those books. You know what's really funny is that is that did you have a lot of them? Yes. Okay. What was funny is that I had like I had a very small treasure trove of like one or two issues of things like that. So I had like. I had like one issue of Richie Rich and like I had like one torn tattered copy of Beano from the UK and like all these like all the I had these random and every now and then I would pick them up and read them and put them back and I never really thought about reading comics like they were just another book I had in my library but um it makes it sound like I had a big like shelves of books and stuff like that but no <laughs> but, but I mean like it's interesting cuz I I read them but I read like one issue over and over again I had I had a lot of those books alongside of Justice League and X-Men and all those other Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, I read them just in conjunction. It never occurred to me to differentiate them. Yeah. I had the big Donald Duck collections. Yes, I had those too. Yep, yep. And the big hardcover collections. I read those. The Uncle Scrooge's. I, I don't yeah, Uncle Scrooge. I read those. I read a lot of Casper. I read a lot of Richie Rich. I read a lot of Archie. They, they were just different kind of comics. To me, as a kid, they were just different. They were, they were the more humorous <laughs> stories. They were the more... Yeah. Um, not human. I guess more human because they were about people. I totally. So even when I was a little kid, I didn't. I didn't really differentiate them. I totally remember the night that I realized that, or or I theorized that Richie Rich was dead Casper. Because <laughs> they look, they look exactly live. the same. Yeah, exactly. Li- yeah, live Casper. Yeah, or Ca- Casper was dead. I ne- Richie I ne- Rich. Yeah. I never read any of those. Oh, I, yeah. My first books were Marvel books, and I, I didn't. That's all I ever. Oddly what, enough, what blows me away about the books like Richie Rich and Casper and Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck was how consistent the art was from artist to artist. 
is that there yes. was a there was a de- defined there was a house models. style that this is yeah they had models that they, and that's I find that now now how we like the fact that they were able to replicate that and look consistent from artist to artist is amazing you know you know you how know, pissed off people would be if they saw like the Fraggle Rock book today like, yeah what totally the hell yeah is exactly this guy doing? yeah yeah so but you know and what why is he writing for that's weird <laughs> I'm actually wondering where those books are not the issues I know where those are but. I distinctly remember having the oversized hardcover Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge books. Yeah. And I have no idea where those are. Like your your actual comics, where they are. Like, I know where the single issues are. They're in the storage unit. But the, where are the books? This is a very personal question, Connor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to can investigate. I, can I read this next question just because? Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Asdis A writes, Ron, why do you wear your watch weird? Upside down? Wrong. Why? All right. Well, this tells me a couple of things. This tells me one that that he's clearly watching old video episodes because I actually haven't owned a watch for about two years now. <laughs> so I haven't. So when I, when I read this, I was like, "Where? I don't wear a watch." But then I did remember that when I did wear a watch, I wear it so that the face of the watch is on the inside of my wrist, and the 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 connect the the connector part is on the top part of my wrist. I did that in high school. Yeah, and the reason why is be and I've worn it as long as I've ever worn a watch, and I don't wear a watch now, so whatever. Um, but going back to high school and whatever, I've never been able to do the watch on the top part of my wrist and be able to look at the time and not feel like an idiot. Like I just, I just liked, I just liked, I just like turning my, you know what I mean? Like, what time is it? You, you know like, what I mean, right? You look like the guy with the briefcase. Yeah, exactly. And every time I did it, I was always conscious of that. And for some reason, just wearing it on the inside part of my arm felt more natural. So Which hand do you wear it on? Uh, left. I wear my watch on my right hand. Yeah, you're crazy. I, I yeah, apparently you're not a lefty. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. I just always did, and yeah. I don't like it on my left hand. Also, it's size for my right wrist, but they're different for some reason. It's like girls, with two, girls with two boobs in different sizes. It's Whoa. jerking off. Let's be honest. <laughs> but no. But for some reason, that just felt natural to me. That just felt right. I've tried. I've tried to wear the watch on the top part, and I just end up playing with it and fidgeting with it and stuff like that. When I when I rotate it down to the inside part of my wrist, I just forget it's there. And that reminds me, I don't have a watch. And the reason why I don't have a watch is because every watch I've had since 1995 has been some sort of genre or comic themed watch. Whether it was I had. Uh, my last watch was a Batman watch. Before that, I had the Flash watch. Before that, I had a Green Lantern watch. Before that, I had a Star Wars watch. Before that, I had an X Men watch. Remember, I, when, uh, remember, when I had the X Men watch that I Marvel.com had some uh, partner where you could make a watch based off art, and I made a Cyclops watch. Do you remember that, Connor? Yes, I did. Yeah, that cycle. I love that Cyclops watch. I wish I could have that again. And I the, had I had the Superman Jerry Siegel drawing watch from yeah. the, from the uh, Superman number one where he's you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Posed. I had that watch in Fossil college. Fossil had some great comics watches. Fossil. Had, it was yeah, a Fossil yeah. watch. I had a. I had I, that in college. And the pro. And I, have, the, I have a story. Do you remember the? Okay, do you remember in college if you drove up to the Syracuse Mall, they had a Warner Brothers store. I'm yeah, sure totally. Oh yeah, but that's where I bought the Flash. Lithograph. Drove up there at one point. By the way, I lost my keys recently and finally lost my Kyle Rayner keychain that I've had. <gasps> You're kidding oh! me! I'm so upset. Oh I had extra god. keys. That wasn't a problem, but oh god, I lost my Kyle Rayner keychain. I missed the Warner Brothers store. Where so did, much, where did you lose that? I don't. I don't know. I it like not, I not I, relevant. I, not relevant. Oliver swallowed them. Is that uh, what happened? No, I, I moved the Carver Street cleaning. Came back, couldn't find it. Uh, it was like at night. Another reason for you not to like the city. Ah, uh, it's awful. Um, no, but I went to that store and I and I was and okay. Warner Brothers store was great. I bought a seventy dollar Batman fossil watch. Nice. <laughs> and and I like afterwards we were at I don't know whatever TJ Fridays or whatever it was and in in in, in college seventy dollars was a lot of money which basically yeah, meant totally. I put it on my credit card which I probably had a seven hundred dollar bill on so I increased it by like ten percent that night yep and I and I went through and by the end of the meal I was like I have to bring this back 
<laughs> and then oh, really? he turned it that night. Oh my god! And I was, it was like buyer's remorse that came on really fast. I was like, I don't need this. Well, hey, here's the thing: is that like I, I literally because I lost no, the, I lost the Batman watch. I don't remember what happened. Somehow I don't, I, I don't have it anymore. And like what? Thing. You don't like Batman for one? Thing. Well, no, but it was a gift, and it was yeah, whatever. Anyway, so um, but no, it was a good watch. Don't get me wrong; it was a good watch, and. For some reason, I, I lost it, and I was like, "All right, well, I would like I would like to get another watch." And for the past two years, I've looked for watches, and I have not. I want to find something that's got a little character, a little you know, a little something, and I cannot find for the life of me. I cannot find a good watch. So um, I bought. I haven't bought a watch in years. I bought one probably three years ago, but I haven't worn it in two years. I just use my phone. Yeah, I use my phone now too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Swiss Army watch, Swiss Army knife, or I don't know, knife watch. I don't know. There's no knife. It's just a watch. Yeah. I got it when I for my thirtieth birthday, and I wear it like a third of the time, but mostly because when it reflects off the sun, it drives my dog nuts. Nice. Um, I'm looking on the Fossil website now, and they don't have any comics watches anymore. What? Although they do have MLB watches, and I'm looking at a very nice Mets watch. That's awful. You are the next question. <laughs> Jesse T, who is Jester on the website, says, "I was wondering if you could hang out and drink and have a night out with a few superheroes. Who would they be?" Do you want to hang out with them because they are cool characters, hot women, or would you exploit their powers? Well, I think that's mean to exploit their powers. I think that's what you would do, Ron. What, exploit their powers? You would find some way. No, I'm not. Yeah, you'd, be hanging, you'd be hanging out with them and you would find some way to manipulate You would use them. somebody with telepathy to get your free beer. No, 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 no. no. Hey. You guys think that ill of me? You think that ill of me? Yes. <laughs> Wow. I would. Who wouldn't, honestly? I'm not, I'm not about exploiting. No. <laughs> no. Silly. Um, I'd hang out with Cyclops. I'd tell you I'm a jerk of Cyclops. So you've got a man crush on him. No, we're just, we just have a mutual respect. We're just two dudes hanging out and having just, a beer. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> nobody, nobody, they can know. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, maybe we'll get a Star Wars watch. Josh, I'd hang who out with, you hang out with? I'd hang out with Peter Parker. I feel like him and I would get along That really would be well. fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Speaking of Peter Parker, I'm looking on eBay. He's not really a drinker. I'm looking at eBay right now, and there's a Spider-Man Amazing Fantasy 15 fossil watch, but they're not selling the watch. No, they're selling the box it came in. How much? Twenty bucks. That's not worth it. Good, solid condition with very minor wear on box. Where's the fucking watch? What was he using the box for? I don't know. How do you wear out the box? <laughs> was he opening it and closing it over and over again, and now it squeaks? I don't know. All right. Next, Next question. Next question. Run. I am not. Uh, this is from JS uh, J Scars on the site. I am not. This is him saying it, not me. I am not a religious man, but answer me this: How is anyone in the main shared comic universes, Marvel and DC, affiliated with the major religions? There are representatives, i.e., physical proof. Oh my God, of other faiths like Thor and Hercules, but nothing for Christianity, Judaism, or Islam that the average everyday citizen would see. So why wouldn't the First Church of Asgard have more parish parishioners than St. Peter's? Love the show. Thank blah blah. Um. There is a website that lists all the religions of major comic yeah, book but, characters. But this, this no, is brilliant, no asking. This, this yeah. is a brilliant question. This is a brilliant question. No, I know, but it just reminds me of that website. That's all. Why wouldn't everyone in the Marvel universe be worshiping the Norse gods because at they the, see at, them? Yeah. At the very least, being in the Marvel universe, unless you are in complete and utter denial, which I would not put past some people, you would have to automatically know that the one god theory, Does the singular, it yeah. is wrong. Yep. And that's what he's saying. And I think that this is one of those things that they don't fuck with. That's a really good point. It's a, wow. great, it's a great point, JS. Great point. Wow. Monotheism should not exist in the Marvel or DC universe. Although I will say DC, much more Judeo-Christian. But uh, you have, you have Wonder Woman and the Greek and Roman gods. 
Yeah, but you've you also have Ares, about, but they, they show up in the uh, you have the Specter, who is the right hand of God, the vengeance yeah, of God. But so that's Judeo Christian, and, and then but the you angel- still have you still have people who you have people like Wonder Woman who are who are of the Greek gods. You you would have the same problem. Not as not as relevant as Thor. Yeah, Mar- well, in the Marvel the universe from JLA, I forget his uh, name. Uh, Zuriel. Zuriel. Right. So Zuriel, straight up from God, Jesus, that yes. kind of deal. Yeah, but uh, in the Marvel Universe, the biggest church should be the Norse God Church. Yeah, you're right. Because you've got a God, you've got gods walking the planet in the Marvel Universe. That's, That's a fascinating point I've never even thought of. Blew my mind. Also, he answered his email. He ended his email mayhem, which I think everyone should email, answer their emails mayhem. 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 This is not the first one. There's a bunch in, the, in later on. Mayhem. <laughs> John from Scotland or Rapid Eye Movement from the site. One, who are the characters in comics who won you over? I don't mean which characters are perfectly... Sorry. Who are the characters in comics who won you over? I don't mean characters who were purposefully created just to be hated. I mean characters whom you started out personally disliking but only to grow to appreciate. Mine include Booster Gold, Plastic Man, Guy Gardner, and Bart Allen, who are yours. Let's finish. Let's do this one first. Guy Gardner nails it. I hated him when I was a kid. Yeah, guy, and Booster Girl, too. I thought Booster Girl was super annoying, and then I grew to like him a lot. I, I, I like Guy and Booster now as an adult. I'm trying to think in the Marvel Universe, who did I not like that I, that I came around on? Sentry? Yeah. Deadpool? <laughs> Keep trying. Um, Lando? <laughs> Lando? He was a scum. I remember stuffer. in college, we were in line at the bookstore, and you were bitching me about Lando. Was I? Yes. <laughs> what was I saying? Just you couldn't stand him, and I couldn't understand why. <laughs> what I love is that there was a point in time where I was like walking from the door, and I'm like, "Fucking Lando!" But you were steaming about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We were just talking about Star Wars, and, yeah. and like somebody time, walked by and was like, "Oh, I love because that Lando he, part. oh, because he was a fucking yeah, I know why. Because he in the in Empire he sells him out to Vader, and then yes. in in Jedi he fucking he takes Han's ship and tries to steal all the the glory for the Death Star thing when it was Wedge. Wedge. Just steal all the glory. Yeah. Put- Wedge Antilles is the hero of the goddamn rebellion. It all goes. It all goes back to that moment in the uh, Lego Star Wars when when Lando touches the controls and Nenub shakes his head just goes no. <laughs> Lando was like all oh, like I'm a general and he's not Listen, a general. If we're gonna act like we're among friends here, you have to call Nine Numb by his actual name, which is Badge Face. Badgeface. He's uh, Badge Face. He has a clitoris. He's a vagina. Oh, jeez. Anyway, all right. So moving on. Yeah, Next, Star Wars. Next question. Uh, two in a parallel universe where where ifanboy.com does not exist. What of e- what are each of you doing right now? Literally this moment. Well, yeah. I'm in general. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm terrified. What a terrifying prospect. Fuck you, John from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's next, not, next, not good. It's a miserable. It's a miserable existence. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Ron's uh, Ron's doing what he's doing right now, but Josh and I, but he has less Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Roger from Powder Springs, Georgia, writes: I'm recently begun reading comics again, and I've been getting reacquainted with the characters. I was wondering, does Galactus still have heralds? If so, who's the current herald? You have a favorite, minus Fire Lord. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's Surfer? I'm pretty sure Silver Surfer's back in the back in the back in the gig. You guys Guardians. would know. You're reading the you reading the costume. Yeah, I'm pretty books. sure yeah. it's yeah, I'm pretty the sure. Last time I showed up in Guardians or Nova, it was Silver Surfer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Surfer, Surfer right now. I could be we could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Silver Surfer. You think um, Fire Lord just feels like an also ran? 
Who was uh, the chick? Uh, Nova. No, that was... Yes, the no? chick. Yeah, her name was Nova. Is that Nova. her name? Was yes, her name that's Nova? her name. Her name was yeah. Nova. Yeah. It was Silver Surfer Firelord Nova in the 90s. Yeah. I, I like Silver Surfer, obviously. Silver, Silver, Silver Surfer is the best Carol there is. Uh, Terax was a... Was a uh, I, Terax, Terax. Terax. Terax with the axe. Yeah, yeah. I have never been interested in Silver Surfer in the least. Oh, I was a big I Silver Surfer him. fan. Yeah, yeah. A big Silver yeah. Surfer fan. All that, that sadness about having to sacrifice himself for his, his people. Shalabal. Norrin Rad. Yep. Yeah. You're just yep. saying words. Did you know that the no no his planet was called Shala? I, I know, yeah, but, but you're just you're just you're just you're, you're like David Brent right now. Uh, Shala Bow. Did know. you know the Human Torch was uh, a herald once? It was a rape up there. What? That sounds like John Byrne kind of thing. No, it was it was after Infinity Gauntlet, I think. Yeah, Let's see what yeah. issue it was. It was uh, Fantastic Four five twenty to five twenty three two thousand five. Oh, right, yeah, of course. That was what is that Wade or? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. All right, next All right, one. Next question. Uh, Mitch R. writes in and says, You guys have answered questions about what phone book style reprints, Essentials Archive Showcase, you've enjoyed, but are there any books that you wish would be collected in this format that haven't yet? There are a few reasons to hope for this. First, for stuff that may not be otherwise collected. Second, for stuff that you would like to see in the line in the line art that without being tainted by coloring. And, of course, for stuff that you would like to get in cheap collection but may not pay top dollar for. Ah, that's a good question. I was just talking about I wish there was essentials of something, and I can't remember what it was. I am not the audience for these. Yeah, you're not. I'm, I'm just – I'm not. You know what? You need to be because I'm afraid they're going to go away, and quite honestly, Josh, if you want to get that, that boy yours reading comics, these are going to make great coloring books. Listen uh, – Ooh, hello. Good yeah, work. That's a great – that's a great – I mean, it's, honestly, you should get a couple and just keep them. When he's old enough, just let him color and tear the shit out of him. That's how – you see, that's how that's how you get the kids in the comics. You talk about getting kids I'm in the not, comics. Listen, no, 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 no. If my kid doesn't end up in comics, then it's not going to be anything I did. No, no. I know that. I know, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to get him into sports and girls yeah. and beer. And I'll get him into computers and making money yeah. and then – yeah. But um, no, the, th- the thing is is that um, – no, like, like the the getting kid, like everyone talks about. Oh, I want to put, get my kids to comics and or yeah, music. Just leave the shit lying around, and if they like it, they'll attract to it, and that's a good way to do it. The, I love the coloring book idea. I can't wait to do that. So, anyway, sorry, that's totally odd. Another we tangent. Have, we, we, have don't, no we don't have an answer for him. No yeah. answer. Move so, on. Moving on. Andrew from Ireland. How you doing, Andrew? My question is, what happened to the movie special for Step Up 3D? I know it has nothing to do with comics or the comic book universe, but the way Connor and Ron have been talking about it for the last couple of shows, I really want to hear their opinion. They really liked it. That's their opinion. Yeah. I always love the movie podcast. So, uh, what happened was, is that, <laughs> I don't know. We got busy. <laughs> but we'll take five minutes to talk about it. <laughs> Can we do two? Two minutes. Two minutes. Um, Ron and I went to see Step Up 3D after we all had dinner together. Josh bailed. Bailed. It's fun. Um, Ron and I went ironically. We were one of the few few in the theater who went ironically, but we had a good time. We had so a great it was time. a great movie. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And let me tell you, if there ever was a reason for 3D, it was the step, step Up 3D. Yep. You haven't seen Piranha 3D then? Not yet. No, no we haven't. haven't. Yeah, it was good. This is a good. This is a good. This is a good weekend for schlocky horror movies with Piranha 3D and Machete. So. Machete. Ron, I, I I still think of the robot guy. <laughs> the robot guy. You, I, th- I thought oh, of him last week for some reason. All randomly. he did was move his head weird. That's all he did. <laughs> oh, it was great when they all lit up in the Tron outfits. Oh my! And honestly, the water dance scene was kind of it was awesome. Awesome. It was no, awesome. There was, was a lot of awesome and stuff. And they, 
they can dance better than I could even imagine or yep. hope to dance. And they dance better than he walks. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. And what's even better is that the, the the main kid looks a little like Hank, if you look quickly. Hank the intern? Yep. I, I've talked to him about this. He was the main <laughs> character. Also, the main girl had a fantastic stomach. Let's move on to Smasher. Did you? Did you wait, I'm sorry. Before we go, did either of you see the tweet that Danny Trejo sent earlier? Oh, about Machete? He said, if you yeah. do not see Machete, yeah. you will see Machete in your chest. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that. Danny Trejo was the criminal who spent time in prison, I believe him. Yeah, yeah yes. he's amazing. Yeah. He threatened to kill you. Smasher writes, back in the 90s amidst the craze of theme restaurants... Hard Rock Cafe, Planet Hollywood, Fashion Cafe, Jekyll and Hyde's, etc. I remember whispers of a Marvel theme restaurant. Whispers. If this came to a fruition, I, I, how would I mean, you envision it? Who would you eat and drink there? What would you eat and drink there? Who would your server be? How would you get her number? What would you bring your kids with you? Whose kids? Why did they leave with them with you? And if you worked there, what would you do? What characters would you? Blah blah blah. blah. There was. There was. It, it was. was I, in L.A. I, I ate there. Yeah. I ate there as well. Yeah. Yes, I had what was chicken. It called? It was the Marvel, Marvel something. I don't know. It was at Universal, and it was like I have the shot glass in my cabinet. I don't remember what it's called though. It was, not, it, was not, it was no. It was no fantasy, my friend. It happened. The food was too expensive, and it was a little flowery. <laughs> there was I a Marvel themed restaurant in the Universal Studios. Yep. Um, and we went to school there, and and then we went there to eat once. one of the waiters was the guy from Seinfeld who was neither white nor black. Really. Yes. No, our, our waiter was Captain America. And we couldn't decide if we were going to be dicks and asking questions about Captain America or just leave it be. We decided to leave it be. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Call, but it was cool. Way. Like, you walked in and they had, like, they had, like, you know, stuff in glass cases, like the Iron Man stuff and Doctor Doom armor. It was, I mean, it was fun. What was yeah. it called? Ron, you look it up on your computer. All right, let's see. Marvel theme restaurant. But Josh, you went there once, right? Yeah, I did. I went there. I had chicken fingers. They Marvel had- Mania. There Marvel you go. Mania, there you go. Bad game. Yep. It only it. existed in California. It was at Universal not- Studios Hollywood. It was oh, it was open from February 1998 to September 1999. That was it? Yeah, not long. Yeah, not long <laughs> at all. It's amazing that we were there during that window. Possibly <laughs> possibly related to the fact that their press release when it launched in 1998 started out with a marvelous place to eat. <laughs> and it had, it had oh, this is fa- – oh, I've just got to read this straight out. A marvelous place to eat. Southern California restaurant goers can now tell their waiter to make mine Marvel when they go out and eat at Marvel Mania at Universal Studios in Universal City. Owned by Marvel Comics, the theme restaurant is patterned after other successful eateries like the Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood and offers fans a wide variety of comic-related activities and delicious food. Highlights include a mini-museum, not a full museum, a mini-museum, mm-hmm. g- gift shop, game room, and bar. Fans can purchase everything from videos and t-shirts to comic book art and mouse pads. Not comics, mind you. All mm. featuring classic Marvel comic heroes. Favorites on the Marvel Mania menu include various Stanwiches, named after <laughs> Marvel founder and comic book legend Stan Lee, Captain America Burger, and Fantastic Four Cheese Pizza. The servings are generous and will satisfy even the heartiest of superhero appetites. Kids will also enjoy uh, watching television series and films based on Marvel characters and the big screen TVs while they eat. The young, younger set will enjoy seeing their favorite Marvel superheroes in person as costume characters make the rounds posing for pictures. Thankfully, no supervillains have yet been sighted. Yes, yeah. that's how that, that explains it. It was like that. <laughs> so that happened. We actually went and sat at the bar because we knew the bartender, and so we got everything for free. Oh, there's some great awkward pictures of like somebody standing in front of it like on the internet. Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. It was really but expensive because it was there's, a markup. there's a markup just by being at Universal Studios because it was a tourist trap. 
And then it was like really expensive on top of that, I remember yes. at the time. So the people who wanted to go there because they were like us didn't have any money and the people who had the money didn't want to go. Yeah. I lived there for almost six months and I went once because that's, that's, it was expensive. Yeah. it's ah, bad. All right, our next question comes from Devin, who says, Devin here. With the exception of series that are a little off the radar, stuff like Gotham Central, Alias, or Runaways, I don't read any Marvel or DC superhero books. Creative, this is a long one. Creative teams tend to change too much. Event comics leave me unsatisfied, and I just generally don't enjoy superhero titles. I really didn't grow up with the superhero comics. Question one is, why do comic fans that don't read superhero comics usually get labeled as snobs? It seems okay to bitch about four vampire books or two Viking books, but not 100 superhero titles. If someone doesn't like comic book horror, it seems like it's fine, but if someone doesn't like the superhero genre, you just get weird reactions. Of course, I'll still read a superhero story if it isn't just the writer masturbating to Silver Age comics in front of a <laughs> sticky keyboard or some guy poorly trying to rip off Watchmen. Question two. Uh, oh, all right, so, so question one. Um, I think that question goes, one, he answered in the question. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying is that it's really easy to look, look down upon the genre that you don't like. You know, oh, also it's the, atti- it's the attitude. Yeah, it's the attitude. The tone at the end really kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of doing it in the like, other direction. I don't really know. It's fine. Everyone can like what they like unless it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's it's people who don't read com- superhero comics if they act like if they if they characterize them as books being masturbated to over Silver Age books, then they're gonna be labeled the snobs because yep. they're being derogatory. Yep. Just don't talk about them. Yeah, exactly. Don't be derogatory. If you don't like superhero books, then don't just don't worry about it. And you won't be able to snob. If you talk about them as being writers masturbating the Silver Age comics, then you're going to be labeled as a snob because you're actually verbalizing that. Yep. Very good. Well put. Also, if you have a show like ours, you can't not like anything. Right. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't like horror books. Why not? They're so good. I just uh, I don't like them. Yeah. You have a harder time with that though than the rest of us. Um question 2. If there was a Walking Dead-style zombie apocalypse, wouldn't it be over in a year or so? The corpses would quickly decompose due to weather conditions, really, and they would not be able to regrow muscle tissue. Don't even mention the easy meal scavenger birds would get. You're kind of a nerd, aren't you, Devin? <laughs> Question three. Is getting it on with a female clone of yourself incest, masturbation, or normal? Would it be cheating? Would you have sex with a female clone of yourself? I think that sums it up right there. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Why? Come on. <laughs> I am not a pretty girl. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Peter so Parker can get away with it because his clone, he's a pretty boy. None of us are pretty girls. Yeah. I might be. Yeah, maybe. Keep telling Out of any of us, I've got the best chance of being a pretty girl. <laughs> Go ahead and isolate that sound clip. Keep, tell- <laughs> keep telling yourself that. Jason S. writes, I have been out of the comic reading world for about 10 years but still enjoy hearing about the storylines via your podcast. My question is this. What is the highest comic book sequential number, i.e. Action Comics 892, not counting weird special edition comics like 1 million comics? Is that American comics or of all time? Well, all time. It's got to be the uh, British um, 2008 books, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. In American. But American comics is Action Comics. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Uh, it's got to be some Japanese number, too, some manga that's up to like a million Just- a team of 40 people putting a book out every three days. Uh, Chris or R3V, which I guess was Rev. Josh, this is for me. If Tom ever succeeds I hate this. If Tom <laughs> ever succeeds in supplanting you and I fanboy, have you thought about getting revenge by taking over Tom versus the Flash? If so, would you continue where he left off or would it be Josh versus something else and what would it be? Um, you know. No. Tell us, Josh. Tell us. <laughs> no. 
No, because that's his thing. He's a guest star. By the yeah, way, but if he took over for you, like, you know it's great. If, if he did, you know if he did. You know what's great is being away and coming back and, and not ever seeing, oh, good, Josh, it's good to see you're back. I've never once seen, oh, I really like having Josh in the show. All I hear is, this Tom guy's great. <laughs> that's all I've ever seen. Not one person has ever said, oh, it's Josh is on the show. That's too bad. Not once. So It doesn't, it doesn't happen to any of us, by the way. But I know. To- Josh, <laughs> hypoth- hypothetically, just hypothetically, if Tom slid into your spot, mm-hmm. just, you know. Other realm possibility, but if it happened, uh-huh. would you seek revenge? Would I seek revenge? Yes. No, he's far too. He's far too. He's far too fond of him. He'd be. He'd, he'd thank. He'd thank Tom for taking his spot. Yeah, I gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'd get. Uh, I get that one night a week back. Uh, I don't have to worry about the complaints. Yep. Would you uh, do Josh versus Starman? No, he wouldn't. It wouldn't, wouldn't be fun because it's good. It has to have a little hokiness to it. I don't know if I go back far enough to do that. Right. Yeah. That's Next why question. Tom is perfect for that show. Next, next question. All three of us. If you had any, if you had to have a sidekick to help you in daily life, whom from all the side sidekicks in any medium ever would you choose, and why? I'd choose short round. He took my answer. Wow, you can you can still say that though. No, I, I, it's the first thing I can think of. I was trying to be clever, and then I looked, and it was the next sentence. I was like, oh damn it. Hmm, it's a good good question. I'm I'm guessing Connor, you're going to be going with Dick Grayson. Maybe. You don't I mean, want Tim's, him to steal your, your mojo, though. I have a really Tim's, good one. Tim's really good at computers. Oh, that's true. And you're not. I have a really good well, one. I am, but he, he, I can just not do anything anymore. I have a really good one. Go, Ron. I would want um, Al from Quantum Leap. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> good, right? That is a good one. Thank you. Data. Son- oh, oh, good one. You could do a lot of shit. Break into that bank computer. No. <laughs> I would choose Harry S. Truman from Twin Peaks. Is he a sidekick? He's Dale, totally Dale's sidekick. Was he? Yes. Because Dale came in to run the show. Yeah. So immediately he became the number two. Hmm. Yeah, but number two is not. I mean, would you? I mean, would you consider Spock Kirk's sidekick? Yes. All right then. Okay then. Fine. All right. I would. All right then. One doesn't exist without the other. True. Yes. Good point. I'll choose Harry. I won that round, though. Probably. You did, you, did, you did win. Thank you very much. And you can win, too, by helping out iFanboy. We want to, you know, we're here in our hour 97 of our 250th episode. We've been doing this for five years. <laughs> My bow tie is dangling, untied. <laughs> I've been doing this, we've been doing this for five years, all to please you, the audience. And so the best way for you to, to show your appreciation is to help us out, to keep us going, keep the lights on on iFanboy HQ, free entertainment to make your comic book reading experience more fun. Go to iFanboy.com, click on the banners on the website. Those are our advertisers. They're loving it. They're, they want to get their products in front of you. So click the banners, check out, see what they're selling, see what they're hawking their wares. Click many times. doesn't matter. Um, go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon. Do all your shopping for Amazon there. You can buy your comic books there, your video games. Um, you click on the Amazon logo and go to the main Amazon proper. Um, do all your shopping there because Amazon is awesome. They have everything uh, that you could possibly need. We've got t-shirts at ifanboy.com slash store. You can purchase uh, the Fear Agent t-shirt that's there, the only Fear Agent shirt that's ever going to be made uh, as sanctioned by Rick Remender and drawn by Jerome Pena. There's still a few left, so you definitely want to order yours and get it now while you can. And the best way to help out is to become a member. Listen, people, we're doing a lot of good giveaways. 
membership is definitely going to have its privileges. We thank all the current members, but we know there's a lot more of you out there. We've got a couple of great prices, $4 a month or $42 a year. That gets you uh, some pins, some stickers, as well as a comic from our collection. Um, or if you got a little more money, you can spend $10 a month or 100 bucks a year. They get you all that fun stuff plus a T-shirt. Uh, being a member is awesome. We're going to do amazing giveaways over the next couple of months. You, you can only be a member. That's the only way you're going to win. So go to ifanbo.com slash store become a member there. We thank everyone for your support. I'm pretty sure that if we reach our membership goal, we'll also be able to clue, uh, cure Lou Gehrig's disease. Possibly, so, yes. Which exactly. they've just announced is not really Lou Gehrig's disease. There's a whole article about that, about really related to concussions. But. I'll tell you what, that's fucked up disease. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Art M, or Art1138. Like everything I love, one of the things that always nags me is, is this going to last? <laughs> that's what she said. Maybe that's because I'm a very needy person, but what I mean is since you fellows seem to be so damn creative when you see yourselves doing this for the next three to five years, and if not, what other endeavors do you guys seem to have, and where would guys like, where would you guys like to be in that time professionally, emotionally, and spiritually? Is this a job interview? Selfishly, I would like for you guys to continue doing this forever, but sometimes you just have to stretch your wings. Yeah, that sounded as lame as I thought it would. Whatever... I guess I won't drink before I write to you guys next time. <laughs> it's like some drunken listen, if you want to be together, that's okay. I was gonna say I was gonna say the irony the is drunk that, X. The irony want, is that the irony is that Josh isn't even drinking. <laughs> I want no, I'm reading his drunken email. I know, yeah. This is how it comes out. Uh, let's keep up the awesome shows and good luck whatever you decide wish to do. I always and it says there's an asterisk here. He attached a photo of his cooler with a big blue eye fanboy sticker on it. Yes, I always represent. I'm a train conductor, and this is the cooler I take to work. And he oh, attached I see. a photo with his cooler with a big eye fanboy sticker on it. So basically, um, who is this attached to? I don't want to answer this question. This is getting a little Art, personal. Art M wants to know how long can we continue to do this, this shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. Well, look, here's the thing Art, we've been doing iFanboys for 10 years now. This is our 10th year. We've been doing the audio show for five years and the video show for three. Three. You know, we're not going to do this indefinitely. <laughs> Assuming. Well, remember um, we were just we were just talking about the memberships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys should if you yeah. The more members there are, the the better chance we will continue to do this. Yep. You you yeah. decide if you want us to stick around forever. Are you a member? We okay. have bosses now. Yep. And the bosses would like more members, so. The more members there are, the, the better chance we'll continue to do a Pick a Week, Pick a Week podcast. The, the good news is I know that at least Connor and myself have no idea what else we would do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have that going for you. <laughs> I had another job for a little while, and let me tell you, it pays a lot more than this does. Uh. Uh, but they made me go somewhere. <laughs> so so there our- you go. We like doing this. We have no plans of stopping it. Obviously, we're uh, not going to do it forever. But uh, become a member. If you want to continue to keep the show going, become a member. That would really help make (laughs) sure we're still alive. The next time you get drunk, if you want to drunkenly pledge a lot of money. Yeah, do that. That Kevin Kevin T. writes, you guys have rated all the comic book movies, but you three had not rated the Blade movies and TV series. What do you think of the Blade comic, TV, and movies? I've never seen anything Blade. Josh, you like them. first movie is great. It's really fun. I like it a lot. It should be stupid, but I remember seeing it in college, and I really liked it a lot. 
Um, the second movie is really good looking, but it's not as much fun. And the third movie, uh, I think the third movie was kind of fun. Like I think I, the second movie was uh, Guillermo del Toro, so that's I'm not a huge fan yeah, of his, but I can appreciate it. The TV series, I know Jeff Johns wrote it, but I didn't watch it. I didn't care. I um, I saw half the first one. I remember watching it at my friend Gavin's house. He was my best friend growing up. We watched it in college in the summertime. And about halfway through, we got bored, went to the bar. So I, I've, never, I've never seen a subsequent. Do you miss you missed the Stephen Dorff line. No, maybe it was it was no, it was Blade when he told Stephen Dorff, "You're such a little bitch," and then stabbed him. <laughs> I've never seen a Blade movie beyond the first half of the first one, so I have no They're opinion. Good. Yeah, and the third movie is uh, Jessica um, Beale. Beale, Beale and and Ryan Ryan Reynolds, and they both have amazing stomachs. Ro- Josh Jessica Beale lived in Oakwood when I lived there in first Ithaca. Did you did you espy her? She was in the hot tub once. Oh my god! And we ran like like. There Little was bitches. Let's be honest. Hot tub to the hot tub when she was. Yeah. There. Was that when she was on Seventh Heaven? Yes. Yeah. She, she was about seventeen, eighteen. We were twenty one, twenty two, twenty 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 one, and uh, the word spread that she was at the hot tub. We ran. We ran like. <laughs> we ran to the hot tub. I'll tell you that much. Jesus. All right. Anyway, that leads into our next question, which I'm going to read, but I don't know if we're going to answer. Uh, Carter wants to know what was the wildest con hookup for each of you? Three ways, orgies, public play. And he has one more question that he's dying to know. Have either of us messed around with a guy? Years ago, he said two-thirds of us sounded hot. But with the video show, he can now say that two-thirds of us are hot. And that's, awesome. that's just, that's just going to lead... lead awesome, like, Carter. Doubt so, and resentment. So, so, <laughs> so the season discontent among our fans. Yeah, exactly. One of us is just like, does he mean me? Like, <laughs> Fucker. Um, what um, is the wildest con hookup with each had? not gonna say this you're gonna you're gonna answer i haven't i've been my wife for 10 years <laughs> what's a hookup oh god anyway I, next question I, uh, all right we'll go to the next question i was gonna talk about my stories but we'll move on what stories oh no no which one Lori from rena nevada says if each of you could green light one marvel and dc crossover title that would that you would pitch and who would you get to write and draw it? Personally, I'd want a Young Avengers, Young Justice book that, written by Alan Heinberg, drawn by Jeff Chong, Jim Chong. Thanks. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I didn't even follow that. I'm getting, <laughs> I, think, I think Connor's reading is over. I think we're think not, even, I think, we're not I even halfway through. I think he failed the pace If you could greenlight one Marvel DC crossover title that you would each pitch... <laughs> you get to write or draw it. Personally, I'd want Young Avengers, Young Justice from Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung. So you're, Look, it's, you're, been, it's been a bottle and a half of champagne, but I'm still in the game. Wow, you did not pace yourself. Rookie mistake. You're yeah. like Don after the Clio Awards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cure for the Let's comic see. comic book. Cure for the comic comic book. <laughs> oh, shit. So more Marvel DC crossover that we would pitch. Who would it be? By who, who would do it? Um... Uh, Green Lantern Nova, written by Johns, and not uh, not, not uh, Lanning and Abnett. No, I would say co-plotted maybe by that. Maybe they they would bounce they back they they co-written Johns Abnett and Lanning, and uh, Andy Lanning can ink it. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know who's drawing it though. Um, doesn't really matter. Pelletier, can, know, Pelletier, you know, can, it, Pelletier can draw it. It's it's funny because the the atmosphere between the companies now so poisonous but 
you know, in the old days we had we had a lot of good stories that were written, that were the crossover stories. Yeah, no, we're not going to see. We're not, yeah, it's not going to be anytime soon. Even though, even though Johns wants it. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, you, know, you see all that riffing on Twitter they did a couple of months yeah. ago, a couple of weeks ago, or whatever about like the Green Lantern Iron Man stuff and stuff. You know, like it's obvious that that the creatives want it. It's just the business people have to get out of the way. So, but anyway, whatever. We're due though. It's I been have, years. We're due. It's been like seven I years, have, isn't it? I have no books to pitch. All right. Sorry, yeah, Corey. I don't. I, 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 I gave you one. All right. I abstain. All right. Question number 35. Terrence. Terrence says, I read completed run series. I read completed run series in trade. I just finished 100 bullets and I want to start another run. I have five options. Very organized. <laughs> I plan on reading These them are all. The options. These are the only options. I plan on reading them all, but what should I read first? <laughs> Don't need us for this. Yeah. Bonus question, Connor. What's your favorite alcoholic drink? I take a well, Jameson and well, water. Well, Bartenders appreciate it, making it puts hair on your chest. Um, so Terrence is in Powers, Preacher, Ex Machina, <laughs> Lucifer, Creative Country. Which of those should you read first? Um, Preacher. Preacher. Yes, Preacher. Okay. Follow closely by Creative Country. I would say by Powers. Powers would be third. Yeah. And then Ex Machina and then Lucifer. Lucifer Ron, good. what's your favorite alcoholic drink? 7-7. Uh, seven seven. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> Although I do like, I do like a good, uh, I do like a good tiki drink though as well. You know, a, um, a wipeout or a zombie. Or I'm a, coming around on a champagne. I really <laughs> uh, like... Apparently, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I was rich, I'd have champagne all the time. From... Adam from Halifax, England, who is Zeppo and I fanboy. Congratulations on 250. <laughs> I discovered your podcast <laughs> over a year ago now, and <laughs> wanted to thank you for all your shows. My girlfriend and I recently brought our first house, and our podca- and your podcast has been in the background as I wallpapered and painted. You may not know, but you've provided me with a lot of moral support through my decorating. Excellent. Thank you, Adam. My question. The recent Wonder Woman hype has made me realize that I have no interest in the character. <laughs> I, and I begin to think that the crea- what creative team could be- get me on the book? I have absolutely no interest in Brian K. Interest- <laughs> Let me back up. He has no interest in Wonder Woman. He wants to know what creative team can get him interested in Wonder Woman. Brian K. Vaughn or Joss Whedon with an artist like Ivan Reese or J.H. Williams might be enough to get me to buy a tie like Wonder Woman for a good run. So what creative team would, could get you in a book you would not buy for any other reason? That's a good question. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't read Wonder Woman even if Brian K. Vaughn or Joss Whedon we were should, doing it. We should back up and say, I will say, amongst three of us, only me, that Wonder Woman is really good right now. It's great. I have no desire. No desire. I know, but but yeah. and, and this is saying a lot because I don't really usually like Straczynski, but yeah, I think what he's doing on Rome is really interesting and really good. And I've really been enjoying Wonder Woman a lot. All right. So, but we'll get on to the question: What book would you buy that you normally wouldn't, based on the creative team? No, it's Josh, what creative Josh, team. Yeah, what creative Josh, team? Josh, you're, you're a guy who follows creators, so what creative team? Could okay, you there there you go, Josh. So um, so I would ch- I. I there's nothing that Surefire going to get me to buy. Wonder Woman's like one of the Rucka wrote Wonder Woman for a long time. I was going to say, what if Rucka started writing Uncanny? You know what? No, because like a bunch of people I like started writing Uncanny. And you I still would you would read one issue of it? I would, but I've never stuck around for it. It's just, yeah. that's yeah, like one of those things. But it would, I get, might you to, try it. It would get you to buy one issue though. Yeah. I, I, did you read any of the Brubaker X Men? Yeah, I read uh-huh. I read them for like six months or so, and I read the Mike Carey stuff too. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. I just because it, it the, X Men is is it's X Men and it's always going to be because the what the book is about is the big family and the history of it all. 
and that I don't I don't I don't have any connection to that stuff. Like there's no way not to do it. X Men's not a new reader friendly book. It's not. Yeah. Um, I mean Greg Rucka is a guy who goes on a book, and I'll try it. Uh, Jock is an artist who goes on a book. I'll look at it. Uh. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a couple of other writers. Ron. Uh, they've dropped off a lot. Like a lot of the guys who were my who were my surefire things. Like I, I won't. I still won't read it if it's if it doesn't seem really worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, Brian K. Vaughn. Somebody, if he came back, I'd probably read whatever it was, Absolutely. no matter what it yeah, was. Yeah. Right, no yeah. matter well, what it was. Anything he does now, after coming back from Hollywood, you probably have yeah. To... But even even back when he was around, like if it was five years ago, I, I, I would still read it. I think. I think. I he, re- yeah. He earned that trust. I think. Um, uh, somebody like Garth Ennis always does something interesting. You yes. know, it's always at least worth looking at. You know, like um, artist-wise, there are a ton of artists. You know, you know me. I mean, like you know, like we Alan talked, Davis. Yeah, Alan Davis, Ron Garney. I mean, they're guys who I just love, love, love their work. Um, you know, I'll I, read anything that Kevin McGuire draws. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Alan Davis, I I bought a bunch of stuff he drew that I had no interest in reading otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Garney, if Adam Hughes ever drew any interiors, I'd probably I'd probably buy it. Um, but there's not a ton. Yeah, there was, yeah. there was there was a time anything Kurt Busiek wrote, I would write, I would read, but not anything. That was yeah. Yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. So. Oh well, say yeah. lovey. I have the same thing about Mark Wade. Yeah, or Todd McFarlane. All right, uh, Edward from Can- uh, from Canberra, Australia, writes in and says, "I once had a terrible anxiety dream- anxiety dream right after finishing university about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now in their mid twenties and disenfranchised with life, I woke up in a cold sweat. I also once had a dream that Darkseid lived in my share house and did terrible things in his bedroom. This during the period that I lived with a psychopath. Have you ever had pop culture influenced dreams, and how did they reflect things that were actually happening in your life?" No. No. Also, the turtles would be in their 30s now. <laughs> yeah. Probably more than that. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm I, sure I have, but I'm, I'm probably... I've had enough horrifying dreams that just take place in reality, not much as the... I've, I've been able to separate the characters from... Are those not 90210 dreams, or...? No, that falls on the same thing. I've never dreamt of 90210. I've dreamt of you guys doing weird shit at cons and stuff like that. <laughs> Hello! Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, moving on. Josh. Hold on, I lost my place. We're at 38. Uh, Austin, Andrew Bell of Austin, Texas. Uh, and I'm curious if you have ever taken stock of how chase, taste change over the years. Sure, many artists we love can change their styles as they age, and sometimes we don't like that. But what about the other way around? Personally, I really didn't like John Romita Jr. who was doing Punisher War Journal and, and Uncanny X in the early 90s, but over the last 15 years, he becomes one of my top five favorite artists. I love the very issues that I didn't dig at the time. Similarly, when I was first exposed to Alex Maleev and Daredevil, I wasn't a fan, but that changed, and now. I have another top five favorite artist. I dropped Detective Comics when Martin Burrow came on. What a fool I was! You were. Uh, what yes. about you? Any creators that you really didn't like that have grown over you and grown on you over the years, or have completely changed your opinion from yay to nay? You can't say Steve Epting too easy. Well, we were never we were never fans of Steve Epting back in the day. No. He was just another nobody. No, but, yeah. but in the day, I remember I had a database in my computer that I that I that I put the comics in, and I would rate every artist. And I put Steve Epting as a poor. <laughs> I love that. That was when I was twelve, and he he did he drew a different, totally different style. But yeah, um, I I read I read Bagley for years, and just didn't didn't couldn't care one way or the other. Just thought he was another nobody. And then it wasn't until Ultimate Spider-Man where I was like, oh my god! And then now they're back on when he's doing Justice League, I couldn't care less. So mm-hmm. um, it's interesting how it goes in those flow, you know, ebb and flow. Josh um, wasn't Martin Burr was fantastic. Martin Burr was fantastic. I didn't know he, who is he was. Uh, I, I I don't know. I didn't know who he was then. I don't know what he's doing now. Um, he's doing a, a Marvel book. A bunch of these guys. 
I remember when I first read Gotham by Gaslight, I was like, who is this Mike Mignola guy? I didn't even – I was like, this is ugly. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. Um, but I really like it now, uh, obviously. Um, uh, there's another guy that I'm – You know what's so the, funny is that like – like, I remember being back in middle school and seeing Mignola, Mignola and, and – Sienkiewicz. And Sienkiewicz and Sam Keith and, and – and I, don't, I really don't mean this in any like I'm so cool or whatever, but – and loving them. Like I fell in love with Sam Keith not on the Max but on fucking Marvel Comics Presents doing Wolverine. And it was just like I'm like this is so weird. It's so like nothing, you know what I mean? Like and like I, I I'm, I'm you think about how looking at Sam Keith at 13 could confuse and piss people. Sinkevich, you know I know, I know people who hated Sinkevich, but for some reason there was something about how different it was from everything that, that I really connected with. So well, well Josh I, I didn't and I were talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh and I were talking earlier. You're not Jock. You're Josh. We're talking earlier today, and actually, if you had asked me five or ten years ago who the top five artists, Malieve would have been in it, but. Yeah. Oh now, yeah. yeah. But now, I, he's he's keep he's he's the one keep me from loving Scarlet. Yeah, Scarlet Scarlet number two was really traced. Um, he's just not a, his style doesn't, doesn't fit with me anymore. My tastes have changed. I like the more cartoony guys. I like Darwin Cook. I like Jordy Bernay. I like I didn't like Jordy Bernay when he first started on Jonah Hex. I keep getting shit from it from Augie Bleak from Comic Resources because <laughs> when I first, when he first started drawing Jonah Hex, I didn't like because he was very cartoony. But now that's my that's the taste I have is I like more cartoony styles. So, believe I, I don't really like anymore. And Scarlet's a great book, other than the art. If you'd asked me ten years ago, John, Daredevil was a fantastic book. And I love the art, but not yeah. anymore. Um, so I'll say Jordy Bernay. All right. People I didn't like now I do. Andrew W., who goes by Woomer on iFanboy, says he's got three questions. We'll take them one at a time. Number one, I'm thinking of going to my first con sometime in 2011, maybe San Diego if I'm a big enough idiot, and I was wondering about the protocol of asking artists for sketches. I had the idea of asking one. I could sketch. He wanted to sketch of Indiana Jones in a sketchbook just for that purpose. Is that a good idea? It seems safe enough, but I don't want to come off as a dick if I can help it. Are there any common mistakes for pause you know to avoid? I, I think an Indiana Jones sketchbook is a brilliant idea. I think that he's yeah. he's a character well enough known that people will know. And like like with getting get, get asking artists to do sketches these have, days is about getting them excited. But Josh, what you're about to say is you have reference just in case, have a photo just in case for the one artist who doesn't know what he looks like. But yes. um, but I, I've seen artists' eyes light up when they get to draw something interesting and do something different and yes. things like that. Yeah. So I mean that's really good. But the thing is, if you're going around artist alley, so be prepared to pay. That's the one thing you got to be. You can't don't expect it for free. You know, and, and and if you're going to the company booths and where they're they're sketching, it's it's gonna be a quick head sketch. It's not gonna be a full you know kind of sketch sketch. You know, so it's funny because yes. we, what we call sketches now are really commissions. Yes, like our yeah. expectations for sketches are like finished pieces. You know, mm-hmm. so fascinating. Two is GI Joe the ultimate example of Reaganomics, the idea of defeating Soviet Union by simply outspending it. In every episode or issue, it seemed half the Joe's armory was destroyed. But the next episode issued, they were right back to full fighting strength. Discuss. You may be putting more into that, but it's interesting in the no, context. No, I think he's absolutely. I think he's right. I think he's right. Yeah, well, no, on. it was about selling the most toys. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, there was, but, and there was but, no continuity. I mean, you know, there was no continuity to it. Yeah. In that sense. No, I mean, but it's it, true. But but if you looked at if you looked at it, it was just, it was totally eighties military spending as it was. It was the, the lasers and spaceships and stuff like that, and they didn't give a damn. You know, so. But it was really. Every issue, fun. there was a new vehicle. Yeah. 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 And, they, and they always had to be in their uniforms, no matter what they were doing. Yes. All right. Third question is: You have a monkey paw. What is your wish, and how does it horribly backfire? 
What does a monkey paw have anything to do with a wish? Monkey, monkey paw Simpsons is a treehouse of four or three. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a very famous uh, totem. So you, you wish you wish on it, it backfires on you. Uh, so so five more wishes doesn't work. No. Oh. No. Okay. We'll, we'll skip okay. that one. We're, gonna see, we're never going to answer it, Andrew. I'm sorry. Ark from Texas. Do you guys have certain creators that you just don't get? I mean, guys who other people just love and for whatever reason you just don't you just don't. For me, it's always been Warren Ellis and Kurt Busiek. While I like some of their stuff, the majority of the other work has just been okay to me. Any people like that for the iFanboys? For me, Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. I can see that. Not. Yeah, no, I t- absolutely am. Absolutely am. Absolutely. Right. I like mean, from I, Hell. I, you don't like V from the that. I, no, no, I like I like from Hell. I like Watchmen. V from I like Watchmen, but like all the other, like all the, the America's Best Comics and all that kind of you stuff. Don't like, like, well, you don't know, like uh, Promethea the, and stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah. You never you never read Top, top 10? Ten? I read Top Ten. Yeah, I read Top Ten. You didn't like right. it? I, I liked it. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was. I mean, like when when I hear I hear Neesman on Eleven O'clock Comics talk about how Al Moore is the greatest comic books writer there ever was, and I just, I don't I don't buy it. Probably. Right. I think he probably is. I don't buy it. So. That's because you like Chris Claremont for some reason. I don't like, but I I know the difference between Alan Moore and Chris Claremont. I just I just think I just think that that. Do you? I don't think they're that far apart. Anymore. I just think the le- <laughs> I agree with you. I think the level of hyperbole associated with Alan Moore has gotten a little to be a bit I much. Don't, especially I don't think so. I think he's I he's the best comic writer. Josh is agreeing with me. I just want to note. So, no, he's no, not I'm agreeing with Connor. No. Oh. I think that he hasn't done a ton of work. And that probably has part to do with why the quality seems to be so high. I also think that there is an enormous backlash against him, which has more to do with his statements. His persona. And yeah. oh, I, I'm separating that. I don't care. No, what I, says, I, so. I know you are. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I've, I, I think that the depth and breadth of his work his, speaks for itself and every, everything. You may not be into everything, but the, it was all really high quality. And it He's, was a surprising amount of it was actually also very entertaining. He's probably the best all-time comic writer. I don't buy it. I do. Okay, well, good. Josh, next uh, one. I don't, yeah. I'll read the next one. I'm not going to badmouth a bunch of people. <laughs> Jim I'm Lee. not badmouthing anybody. I'm uh, just saying he's the best all-time writer. Yeah, no. I mean, there's lots of people who, who you know, are really popular who I've been I, – I never had a Jim Lee thing. I don't think he's bad. It's just not my my deal. That was uh, – okay, that was – 41. Kevin T., why are great books and movies like Let the Right One In and The Losers are never – get the recognition they deserve where on the other hand really bad ones like twilight and transformers get plenty of money could it be that we americans are just stupid well i think he's putting money making money with recognition i mean let the right one in has gotten nothing i've never heard anyone say a bad thing about that movie the movie's fantastic it happens to be a, a swedish independent vampire movie i saw it yeah, yeah. it's good yeah, it's great but it's it's a very obscure movie um the americans aren't gonna watch this i mean no not stupid well i mean like the mob is like things that are the, major, the majority will always be different than yeah just, and also the losers while very it's not great that was a good movie it was not a great movie fine. Yeah. or you know like the book's better than the movie the it's a very good movie i own it on the i own it on blu-ray it's a fun movie but i wouldn't call it a great movie yeah. no no and but the, the mob will always win and the mob's mentality is always lower than the than, than what you like it to be yeah Take solace, in the fa- take solace in the fact that you know what's good and everyone else is wrong. No, no. <laughs> take sol- no. Find the things you really like and be okay with that. Because the thing is, no matter how many of the really great things that you like don't fare that well popular-wise or money-wise, they're still going to make other really great things. Yeah. They're not going to stop doing that, so don't worry about it. Yeah. You got to see it. That's the best part. Yep. 
Mount NJ writes, you guys have music at the beginning of the podcast. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Who selects the music and what goes into that decision? Also, what French song was used a couple of weeks ago? Do you guys ever post that information on the website? Oh, I hate jo- you, you're gonna Mount piss Josh off. You're gonna piss I Josh hate off. you. <laughs> uh, Josh, you want to answer the first question? Why? Or the last Cause, question? Because it would be good. The, no. the music, it's always on the website. Oh. It's also on the MP3 file. Yep. Um, every, every episode in the show notes on the website, we list what song is used in the opening. Why? Why not? Do. Because yeah. it's a show. It's got yeah. music. I mean, right. Um, the French song was. Um, no, was, he has was... to do the research. Okay. All right. You don't answer that for him. All right. Mount and Jay, go into our website, iPhoneBoy.com, and find the information. Every episode on Sunday, when it's published, there's a page on iFanboy with show notes, and it tells you what books to talk about. Was that me? Music. The French song? I think that it was. was me. It was you? Yeah. I've used French before. I used the search game. It was Oh no. yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't. It was it was another it was a pop it was a group I found when I was there for vacation. Oh, um, okay, cool. But go to Fanboy every Sunday night. There's a page for the show, it's got the show notes, it's got the music every week. Yep. And why so, why not? I mean like the whole whole thing was just it, we needed something to start it. So why whoever not? edits the show picks it. Picks yeah. the song. Picks it and what goes There's, into that, it's just whatever you feel like putting in there. It's yeah. random. Sometimes it makes sense for the show. Sometimes it's just a song they like. No, I, more good. often, when I do it, more often it's like, more, like most recently, I, I happen to have seen that band that weekend, and I was there, yeah. you know. So that's all it is. It's a what random, it's a random thing. Yep, exactly. All right, our next question is uh, from Brandon from Newberry Park, California, and says um, his question is: I've been reading comics since I was twelve, and now that I'm almost twenty, my pull list has gotten considerably larger since my early days of reading. The one problem that comes with reading so many books a month, besides the hole in my wallet, is the fact that I can't seem to remember every single thread of all the books I read every week. I find myself frequently needing to reread the last issue of a book so I can remember all the details of what was going on. Seeing that you guys read a lot of books every month, I was wondering if you guys ever have the same problem. Maybe I just have a really shitty memory. Thanks. Um, yeah, you have a shitty memory. Sorry. No. no. Uh, Josh think... has the same problem. So, I have yes. a problem, too, sometimes. Uh, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't, and I don't know why, but like, I'm able to remember what's going on because I don't know why. But I think it depends on the book. I mean, if you talk about a superhero book... It's hard. It's, it's less hard to remember because villain A is fighting villain a, hero B. Yep. But I would Stumptown that came out recently. It's a crime story. There are details you have to remember. When it takes four months for the book to come out, you forget those details. Right. Yeah. So when Stumptown came out, I had a harder time remembering what was going on than it's say a random issue of a book that's late. Like we'll pick a random. We'll just say Captain America. It's not late, but we'll just pick a superhero. Yeah. We know he's fighting Red Skull. So when I'm reading the book, I don't necessarily have to remember as much as I do with a book like Stumptown or a book like um, a random crime book where the details are important. Yep. So it's not. It's it's not. I read 20 books a week. I absolutely forget things, but it takes longer. When I get the when I get the Walking Dead trade, I have to remember what was happening. It's just it's just the way that you. Just it's have, just. It's just what happens. Too comics. much going on. And yeah. it's it's funny, and it's also like what you devote to it. Like I don't pay as much attention because I know there's gonna be another batch of them the next week. So I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not paying as much attention to it because I don't do you, care. Do you, read, as much. do you read the recap pages? No, uh, the Marvel ones I do. Interesting. No. Marvel's the only one that has them. The best I'll skim them. 
Yeah. A little. I'll, I'll skim like the last paragraph. Yeah. I, I always read the Marvel pages if 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 they have them. They always do, but no one else does. Yeah. And he also says, "Ron is one of the best labs I've ever heard." Thank you, thank you, sir. Brandon. Will writes. I just wanted to say that I love the show. My question. If you were to take a guess, do you believe that the fans will see more of the M2 universe brand now that the main title Spider-Girl has been canceled for good? If so, what form will it take? A repackaged digital product, a new title, an anthology, etc. You're hoping for another American Dream mini. I, I don't know what he said in any of that email. I wouldn't get your hopes up. The the Tom DeFalco Spider Girl yes. into universe, oh. you know, yeah. Been for years. Yeah. Um, I now that Spider Girl finally is dead, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they roll it out and do like a one 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 shot here and there, but I wouldn't expect another mini or anything like that anytime soon. So yeah, I think I think finally it's dead. Yep, finally. So um, no, 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 I'm not happy about it. It's just no, it's, yeah, uh, no, but it, it they really they killed her. Took a while. No, they didn't kill her. They killed. Okay. Did they kill her? But they killed the book. So. I don't know. That that like that thing was on live support for longer than anybody would have guessed. Yeah. Brian from Ireland. I'm 15 and I live in Ireland. Thank you people for getting me to watch The West Wing and Mad Men. I don't know if you have any context for those, Brian, but good on you. Uh, what do you think of comics being turned into audiobooks? Do you like them or hate them? If you haven't listened to any, I would highly recommend the 52 audiobook from Graphic Audio. It's very good. Yeah, That's the end of my question. If you like it, I mean, I think it takes apart a major aspect of the comic, which is the visuals. I read it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, it's a comic book. Comic yeah. book needs pictures. Yeah. Uh, so then it's a different thing. But I read the comic book and the I, – no, I would never – no. <laughs> you're, it's like you're arguing with yourself. <laughs> well, they sponsored the show, but that was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. We don't know the main thing. And if you're into it, then fine. Yeah, I exactly. Wouldn't. Yeah. It's not my – no. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I feel as if – I mean, the audio, I mean, it's like an audio novelization of a book. I mean, I guess if you like that sort of thing, then, then it's cool. You know, enjoy it. But it, I feel with comics, you're losing a major portion of it, which are the visuals. But whatever. Hey, it's Connor, and that was part one of our mega 250th episode of Travaganza, our all-email show. We had such a good time, we ended up going another few hours, so we decided to cut the show in half and give you a part two later on in the week. So that was part one, hope you enjoyed it. Come back for part two in just a few days, and thanks for listening.